This is Alexander the Great Hernandez. This is Cass Bell. This is Mike Rodriguez. You listen to Native MMA Radio. Bam! Alright guys, welcome to the 51st episode of Native MMA Radio. I'm super excited to bring this one to you. It is the first time ever on this show or MMA Records Radio that we have ever had one fighter from this weekend's UFC card and one fighter from this this weekend's Bellator card. Plus, we thought that that wasn't enough for you, so Walid and I brought on yet another top-ranked UFC lightweight fighter. So we have three guests for you today. Starting off, we have Cass Bell, who's fighting this weekend for Bellator. We have Mike Rodriguez, who is going to be fighting the light heavyweight district weekend this weekend in South Korea for the UFC. And we also have, to highlight the episode, Alexander the Great Hernandez. Now, I'm going to give you guys a little previous warning. This Alexander Hernandez interview was previously recorded. We recorded the night of UFC 245, so him and I do talk about those fights a little bit. But nonetheless, it was still a great interview. He talks about his return, when we can expect him to be coming back, and the person who he would like to be stepping across the cage from him once he gets fully cleared to come back and compete. Wally Wall, UFC 245 was this weekend. You and I had very, very big interest on the main event. No matter who won or lost, did the fight meet all of your expectations? Uh, I thought that maybe we would have maybe some of the grab, some grappling at some point, some grappling exchanges. I really, I really were looking forward for it, but you know, it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, the fight really delivered. I think that uh, the fans loved it. Everybody loved it. Even uh, Colby, Colby's uh, haters loved the fight. So. Yeah, it was a win-win for everyone. It was a happy ending, I would say, for majority of the MMA community because Usman won. So yeah, it was a great fight. I, I really enjoyed the, watching the fight, despite having Colby losing. It's funny that you say that it was a happy moment because Usman won because I've literally been like one of six people on this Usman train since the beginning, and yeah. like the last two, like in the arena for his last fight, nobody was cheering for him when he came out except for me and like five other people throughout the arena and everyone was cheering for Woodley and uh in this fight it was night and day completely different it seemed like he had all the fan support this time and it seemed like he had everybody pulling for him and everyone cheering for him and every time he did anything it was getting cheers but then also too you heard the support for Colby in the arena it was definitely a win-win for both guys I don't think that because Colby lost, yeah, Colby did lose. He did get finished. But I don't think that his stock dropped a whole lot. I mean, you got to look at the guy that he lost to in the fifth round with a broken jaw. Kamar Usman's a fucking beast. The dude's got a great chin. Colby put it on him. And, you know, he was able to withstand the punishment. Colby Covington, though, really gained a lot of respect for me. Obviously, you heard him. He, he went, he sat on the stool. He said, my jaw's broken. And that yeah. was... At the end of the third round. So he still fought the fourth round and got finished in the fifth round with a broken jaw. So regardless of what he says and how he talks and how he got to where he is outside of fighting, you have to respect the fighter himself. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he fought like a champ. 
I was kind of uh, kind of disappointed by something he did because sometimes when you are in the middle of a fight, you need to listen to your coaches. And going to the fourth, his coach begged him to grapple with the Usman. He knew that he need you know to slow down the pace because Usman would you know was dictating how the fight was going to go. So and he didn't listen to his coach, and I think that was maybe one of the biggest mistake Colby Covington did did in that fight. He didn't listen to his coaches. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting uh, way you can look at it. You can look at the fact that these two great wrestlers counteracted each other when we had a great kickboxing match, or you could really look at it the way that you just did. And what if Colby would have made some takedowns? Do you maybe think it wouldn't? Uh, do you think it would have been the same type of outcome? Do you think that Kamara would have been able to drain Colby's gas tank faster that way? Because as you could tell, from the very first round to about the third and fourth round, Colby was yeah. not the same fighter. <clears throat> Colby was yeah. fast in the first round. Lightning quick hands. He was able to throw three, four punch combinations. In the fourth and fifth round, <clears throat> Colby was really getting worked by Kamaru. And those body punches were really adding yeah. up. And I think that was the most significant part of the entire fight was the body punches. I think if Kamaru wouldn't have started that attack so early, I think that Colby would have been able to at least outlast him. And if you look on those judges' scorecards, it would have been a very close decision win for Colby Covington, depending on how yeah, they scored which, that fifth round. Really, depending yeah, which on how is they weird. scored the fifth round, it honestly could have been a draw. It, it could have been so much things, you know, but... I I think that let's talk about let's say the fight was you know the first and second and third round are exactly the same okay I'm just talking about the fourth when the coaches wanted uh, Colby to grapple I'm not sure if you know he would not get a finish on Usman with grappling but maybe just slow the pace and maybe getting that you know one of the two rounds getting a win in one of those two rounds and maybe that's enough to get the W because I think that Kamal Usman Gaplin was, you know, to utilize his jab a lot and uh, the front kick and, you know, punch, punch Colby in the body, which which was the perfect game plan, I feel. And, you know, uh, Usman, at the end of the day, Usman looked great. It was a great first title defense for a guy that, like you said, people, a lot of people didn't, you know, enjoy him as a champion, maybe. But now I think that uh, he proved that he is, uh, there's a reason why he's the champion. He's definitely gained a lot of respect from the outside fans from this past fight. I want to ask you one question. Yeah. Who is the deserving number one contender for the UFC's welterweight title? Leon Rocky Edwards with the nine-fight win streak. The only man that he's lost to in the UFC is current champion Kamaru Usman. Or yeah. Street Jesus. Jorge Masvidal, who's come off two of the greatest knockouts in the UFC's welterweight division ever. Who deserves a title shot? Uh, listen, f for me, first I want to talk about something because uh, Leon Edwards was talking on social media saying that if Kamaru Usman, like he saw a lot of uh, holes in Kamaru Usman game plan, uh, you know, or whatever against Colby. Like, I did it. Uh, at first, I was like you, maybe Leon Edwards deserved, but because of these comments, I feel that he he don't know, and excuse me, he doesn't know shit, because if he thinks that Kamaru Usman is going to fight him 
the same way he fought against Colby, just strike without grappling? Is he out of his mind? Listen, if you all want to see a preview of what's going to happen when Leon Rocky Edwards steps in the cage against Kamar Usman, it's on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, you know, he will not fight the same way he fought against Colby. He's so that's the that, same way he fought him the last time. He's going to drag yeah, him to the ground and impose his will. Exactly. So I didn't get his point. I think that, it, and I, you know, sometimes when a fighter do, you know, comments like that, I get really pissed. For real, I don't know why. I need to work on my anger sometimes. I think, but yeah, um, I would go with Street Street Jesus because I think that uh, people wants to see him fight. He's a big draw. Uh, come on, uh, Kamaru Usman fought against everybody in this division, including uh, Leon Edwards. Having another fight against Jorge Mazida, which is a great fight, I think people will enjoy, and you know it's a big uh, payday for him. So it's a win-win. And another win for the fans. So, yeah, I would say uh, Street Jesus. Now, I know we've been super focused on this main event. I want to give your opinion on the other two title fights real quick. Alexander Volkanovsky, obviously now the new reigning, defending UFC featherweight title, taking the title off arguably the greatest featherweight champion of all time. One quick question. Does Max deserve an immediate rematch? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that he deserves uh, uh, it depends if he wants to move on uh, to move to lightweight because I think that's one of his plans. I think maybe he feels that he's done in this division. There's no point fighting again in this division. But yeah, if he wants to keep fighting as featherweight, I think he deserved the the uh, rematch right away. Now, for Amanda Nunez, she's really wiped out the entire Bantamweight division. There is really no established featherweight that you would put up against her at this point in time. The boxer, Clarissa Shields, how do you like Amanda Nunez possibly crossing over into boxing and taking that matchup on? Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't hate the idea. Maybe I said first that maybe I hate it, but when you put it this way, when you say when you say that she cleaned the division, maybe she need. And I, we don't want her to take some time off. We still want her to be active, but maybe not especially in MMA. If she's not going to fight against Valentina Shevchenko, who the fuck is she going to fight against? Let's be real. Cyborg left. Cyborg left. So there's no other match that makes sense for her right now so yeah why not try something big with her let, let her go to boxing yeah why not i don't know uh it all depends on uh, bain and white i think that's uh, yeah but yeah the, the boxing fight makes sense i would agree with you yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation. Uh, we'll get back into that a little more though later once we recap ufc 245 uh i want to take a quick second to uh, introduce this next guy that we're going to talk about Cass Bell. Meanwhile, he talked about this. He's probably one of the most interactive fighters, you know, professional fighters with their yeah. fans in his fan base. And it's really something great. You don't see that a whole lot from fighters. Uh, Mike Rodriguez is another guy who's quite uh, obviously very interactive with his fans on Instagram. Uh, and I love that. And I, and I just want to give a quick shout out to those two guys. And, you know, thank you guys for just being there for the fans when the fans need you guys. So uh, if you guys give us a quick second, we'll have Cass Bell on. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is arguably probably my favorite Bantamweight on the Bellator roster, the undefeated foreign oral Cass Bell. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Randall. Doing good. That's awesome to hear too. Um, 
and hopefully, hopefully, you know, Hawaii. Hope we're in Hawaii, so hopefully, I could be five and zero, like the Hawaiian five and zero. Five zero, man. Yeah, five zero. There you go. Now, how excited are you to be part of this card, to be showcasing your talent for the troops, and just everything that this card is about? I mean, this is this is awesome. Super exciting. I mean, the troops, you know, they work hard all year round. They're actually working right now as we speak. You know, it's Christmas. It's the holidays right now. So uh, it's awesome that Bellator is, uh, you know, able to put on an awesome show for them so we can, you know, perform and, you know, just give them, uh, uh, you know, like uh, just give them some, uh, um, just give them a good show. You know, especially on the holidays, everybody's usually with their family and, and all this stuff. And these troops are, uh, you know, here on, on, the, on the base and uh, still working. So, I mean, I'm, a, I'm so glad to be part of it. Yeah, definitely. They're out there making the ultimate sacrifice so all of us can enjoy our holidays. Yeah, exactly. Now, your opponent, Pierre, what do you know about him? Uh, so, Pierre, so, I mean, he's going to be a tough opponent, my toughest opponent to date. He's the most experienced guy I've fought so far. Um He's going. He's going to be a grinder. So he's going to, uh, you know, most likely come out hard, and uh, you know, and uh, try to press me up against the fence, and just do what he always does in all his fights. You know, he always likes to control the fight and how it goes. Um, so I mean, it's it's going to be, a, you know, it's definitely going to be my toughest fight yet. I have some cool things lined up for him. Um, it depends too on where he wants to take it. You know, if he wants to come out, then I'm, you know, come out and chase me down. That's fine. If uh, he's going to stay back, then uh, I'm going to, you know, go after him. So it just all depends on wherever he wants to take it. He wants to take it on the ground. I'm comfortable, like, always on the ground. If he wants to keep it standing, again, I'm comfortable, you know, keeping it standing. So so you're prepared to be in the Matador and the Bull come Friday night. Exactly. Yes, I'm good at both. Um, I feel, you know, I feel that I've been, you know, especially with this fight, fight camp, we've been working on a lot of new things, a lot of – not new things, but a lot of new things, uh, you know, you guys haven't seen before, um, you know, so I can't wait to showcase it. With Pierre in mind, is there anything that you guys try to focus on during training camp? Yeah, we, we know we uh, focus on their, like, uh, whatever their, their their weaknesses are and whatever they're good at. You know, we just, we break down their fights and uh, see, you know, what I'm going to do good at and see what I'm going to do bad at, and then we just work on it. You know, I have a great team. My coach, John Thompson, he's definitely one of the best coaches. He can break down the fights and just, you know, really break it down and then come up with an awesome game plan and then, uh, you know, put it in practice for me. So you're 2-2 two and two on your finishes. You have two submissions and two TKOs. Do you plan on going in there and just finishing this fight? Because that's pretty much what you've made yourself as, this finishing machine for Bellator. Oh yes, I don't. I don't ever want to leave it in the hands of the judges. Um, and I mean, you know, I like to go. I like to go for it. I don't like to uh, skim through it and just, uh, you know, go throughout the rounds. I like to see how the how how's it, how it's going, and then when I see opportunity opportunity, I'm gonna, you know, I jump on it. So uh, so yes, yeah, so I you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. Like this fight, I believe. Like I always say, it's going to go in the first or second round. We're definitely not going to leave the second round, and it's going to be a submission or a knockout. Is it safe to say that you're the mean green finishing machine? Yes, definitely. I like it. I love it. Now, uh, back home, you strength and conditioning is at 21 grams. Tell me, how is everything going over there? Yeah, it's going great. So, yeah, so 21 grams is uh, my strength and conditioning gym. And then Institute of Combat is where we actually get on the mat. We actually do all our, uh, you know, all our training on. 
So uh, it's going great. It's going good. Um, this was a short fight camp, uh, but I mean, I did come off that awesome win with uh, Isaiah Rocha, um, the last my last Bellator fight. So I mean, I was you know still still in great shape. Still everything was going good. So no injuries. Um, so I was just able to you know carry on and keep going with my cardio and strength. So um, this is exciting. Now, when you and I first talked about this matchup, we originally thought it was going to be in Los Angeles. It ended up being in Hawaii. It's almost a better for you. How is it for you to finally be able to travel for your your professional MMA career, at least? Yeah, no, this is awesome. Like, this is cool. I've actually only been on a plane twice, and I was to Vegas when I won the amateur world title for King Cage. And uh, so this is, you know, now a second time on the plane. And this is, you know, way farther than I've ever gone. Um, and it's to Hawaii. So, I mean, it's awesome. I'm super bummed that I didn't get a fight on the L.A. card um, just because there's so many people could go with me. You know, this time there's only there's only a handful, like 18, 20 people that are going to this fight um, that, you know, are from Humboldt. And uh, and so, uh, so I mean, it, it's cool, though. I'm excited. I'm happy, um, especially with the support. Um but definitely L.A. is going to be sweet, too. I know one day I'm going to be able to fight there and bring, bring everybody. Definitely. Yeah, they usually come about two times a year, so uh, maybe we'll get you on later on this year. Exactly. Now, the future. What does the future have in store for you after Pierre? Uh, shoot, that's a good question. You know, uh, we, we're in big talks about being on the main card. Uh, we were on talks before after my last fight that I was going to be on the main card, but because this is a uh, – a uh, you know uh, short notice fight. They uh, they already had that main card filled. So, but they you know asked me if I still wanted to fight you know for the troops and everything. I said heck yeah, sign me up. So uh, we're doing that. So I mean main card maybe my next fight. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully you know I take out uh, Pierre and become five and zero in Hawaii and then um, and then keep going. I mean hopefully um, I probably next fight will probably be in San Jose. Um, I'm guessing. And then um, after that, I mean, who knows? I know I am uh, uh, might be looking up for a new uh, new contract after that after that fight. So anything can happen. So I'm stoked. I can't wait. Now, Corgi Huriguchi just relinquished the Bellator Bantamweight title. Is that something you have your eyes on? Yes, I would love to get the chance for the Bellator, uh, you know, Bellator, uh, Bellator uh, title. Uh, especially the bantamweight. Um, I saw that. I heard that. I was like, okay, so now it's up to grabs. You know, there's, you know, obviously there's some tough opponents in the Bellator, um, you know, lineup that have a lot more fights than I, I do, 10 and 1, 10 and 0 and more. So, um, so I mean, you know, I'm uh, hopefully by that time, you know, 6 and 0, hopefully, fingers crossed, and then, uh, you know, maybe get a shot. I'm really hoping to, you know, get a chance to fight for the title, um, you know, end of next year is my uh, hopes and dreams that's what i'm shooting for um and you know hopefully it can be done how many fights would you like to get in next year 2020 how many times are we going to see Casbell get in the cage i really hope three more fights um in the cage and then if i'm still undefeated by then i think they they got to give me the title shot um i think that's fair um i think you know i definitely think i earned it and uh and yeah, and I think I'll be more than prepared, you know, to go for it. And then I want to ask you, someone who looked like they're at the top of that division right now, Juan Archuleta, is that somebody who you feel like you match up well against? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I would feel honored to, you know, fight against him. It would definitely be a tough, tough fight. And uh, like I said, so that's why I'm thinking, you know, ne by next year, I think I'd be more than ready to, uh, you know, take on the challenge, take on anybody at the, you know, 135. I mean, I feel like I could do that now. But to, for real, though, to really put on a good show and actually, you know, shut everybody down in the second, you know, first, second round, um, I definitely think, you know, by the end of next year, I'd be more than ready to do it. Even now, you know, I think if I had a fight, uh, d definitely, you know, him or someone else at that level, um, we'll definitely probably be going the third round. But I definitely think I'd be coming, uh, you know, with that win for sure. Now, say Clark, Scott Coker comes out and says, you know what? We have a vacant bantamweight title. Why don't we do a 16-man tournament? Are you going to be calling Scott Coker right away to get your name in that hat? Oh, yes, definitely. I'd definitely be calling him up. Uh, we were actually trying to get on the 145 uh, champion, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the event that they're doing now. and uh, But they just had so many, you know, bigger names out there. Uh, a lot of guys that with a lot better record than I was at the time. Um, so, you know, unfortunately I didn't get the, you know, get the, the call back or we were talking about it, but they didn't, you know, they gave it to all the other guys with like, I don't know what, six and O or more higher. I was only three and O at the time when I heard about it, or actually I think I was two and O when I heard about it and I was giving the call. So, you know, they just told me just keep working, just keep kicking butt and then I'll get that chance soon. Yeah. Well, they definitely at least gave you a consideration for the spot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was awesome. Especially just new and up and comer. So, you know, definitely lit the fire under my butt. Yeah, definitely. When I was actually out in Los Angeles, I had a good conversation with the PR of Bellator, and they brought your name up. And they, they uh, I had just in an interview with you, and you were right on my page the very first thing. They're like, oh, Cass Bell, he moves the needle really well. Nice. So, that's awesome. So, yeah, that, that's so definitely a feather in your cap right there, brother. Oh, yeah, it definitely makes me feel great, especially all the hard work, you know. It's been years and I, you know, I, I fought amateurs for a long time, and uh, you know, my team stuff. We we come from a small, small place, small county, and uh, you know, we, there's nobody that's that's done it like we're doing it now. So we didn't really know. We didn't have a pathway. We were, you know, just going for it, you know. And uh, and now we're finally here. It's just awesome. All the hard work um, is, you know, is paying off for us. And it's funny too. Like we, you know, I follow a lot of fighters, a lot of professional fighters and stuff, and follow their career, especially the, you know, the champions. And see what they're doing and stuff. And then I'm talking to a lot of fighters um, now that I'm in the professional game and stuff. And and I'm thinking, whoa, you know, like these guys are at such a high level, but they're not. They, I feel like they're not taking it as serious as I do. They're not training every day, all day in the gym. Um, I mean, I live literally a block, two blocks down the gym, so I'm there all day, every day, working my butt off, working with my team, and we're doing, you know, doing all the work, listening to our coaches, and uh, you know, we're we're all game, so. It's just awesome just to see like all the stuff we're doing and realizing that we're doing a lot more than a lot of the, you know, professional fighters doing it and they're on this big stage. So I'm hoping, you know, it's all going to pay off. Yeah, hard work and dedication definitely pays off at the end. Now, the green hair. Tell me, when did you start that whole process to getting your hair back to green? Uh, since my first amateur fight, uh, you know, like my first amateur fight, I, I've been green since the beginning. Um, I was just uh, a little, you know, skinny guy um, with no tattoos or nothing. I, you know, I had to, you know, somehow stand out and just pop. And uh, especially coming from a small, you know, small county, Humboldt County. And, uh, and you know, it's paying off. Um, obviously, I put on a great show, but the green hair also, you know, definitely helps. 
Um, it was also my kid's favorite color. It's Humboldt County, you know, redwood trees everywhere, land of the green. Um, we, you know, it's just, you know, paradise where we're at. Uh, and so, you know, I just had to go with the green and I'm glad I've stuck with it. Um, I'm really happy with it. Any chance we switch it up for a fight? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like for this fight, I was thinking maybe do like a camo green for the troops. Cool. But, uh, um, but you know, we decided um, just to stick what, we, what we're good at, and uh, you know, keep the green. It took us years to get the uh, to get this the right color that we have right now, um, and uh, and actually in the future we might be coming out with a Caspel green, you know, hair dye that everybody can get. So that would be awesome. Be, we're excited. Now, before your fights, when do you get it done? Oh, before the fights. So let's see. So I get the fight, uh, get it within like the week or two before the fights. It just depends on, you know, how busy we are. Like this fight was just go, go, go. We got to yeah. train, get the conditioning going on, uh, do all the homework, prepare for the fights, all the interviews and all the stuff we had to do. So uh, this fight was everything was last minute. So I mean, it's super busy. And so I actually got the hair done uh, like a couple days ago, actually the green and just like right before I left to Hawaii, actually. Then how was it for you to be able to balance all that, you know, your lifestyle, your family, and then also you just got to fight jam packed real, real quick. How was it for you to balance all that? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, I, you know, I coach, I'm, I'm running the wrestling team. I have two wrestling teams I'm running um, that season starting. Actually, our traveling team already started, so now we're traveling everywhere. Um, my kids are actually wrestling. They actually wrestled last weekend. Uh, some were in Oregon wrestling, and then some were down south uh, near Sacramento um, wrestling. So, uh, so I mean, it's, it's a lot. But, I mean, I love what I do. Um, I'm in it, and we're training and everything. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work, but because I love what I do, it's, it's, it's really not that bad at all. And how are the kids doing in wrestling so far? Oh, they're kicking butt. Uh, my kids went down there. They left without me, um, and they're you know they 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 were dominating. The whole team were dominating. We even had two new kids that never even wrestled before. They actually placed second place nice. at the tournament. That was awesome. And I wasn't there, so I was super nervous. You know, I love my kids, yeah. all the kids. I love. So it was hard, but I left them in good hands of, of my assistant coaches that are helping. So, but they all did well. They did they did great. Could not be you know more than happy. Uh, my kids are actually on the plane today. They're gonna fly in around three and they're they're gonna check out some mma gyms and actually get some uh wrestling and some uh nogi uh brazilian jitsu in there too so they're nice. stoked that's awesome do they also train jiu-jitsu or just wrestling at this point uh, mostly just wrestling and they do on the side a little bit like when they're younger they did but uh right now it's focusing on wrestling so that's what they're doing but it's awesome to have a hybrid you know if you have both I mean, it's key but like with my thing too i like to you know I like to keep them on the mat. So once they, you know, once the season starts getting hard for wrestling, they, you know, training all the time. We then switch it up a little bit. Like, hey, what else do you guys want to do? They're like, hey, let's do some, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So like, all right, well, let's start training that. So, but right now, I mean, mostly they've been training, you know, wrestling. That's awesome. And just keep pushing. I mean, uh, you, the proof's in the pudding. If you look at all of the UFC fighters right now, and even a lot of the Belter roster, all their champions, dominant-based wrestlers. Definitely, yeah. Wrestling, I think, if you want to be in this sport, wrestling's the number one sport you need to start out with. I mean, wrestling. I mean, you get to learn how you, you control someone. You get to learn how to instead of trying to submit them, you're learning how to fall. You're learning how to take them down. And again, like the biggest things is control. Like control, eventually, yes. 
just control. Like I think, like if you start learning too much all at once, yes, it takes longer, and uh, you know, definitely takes longer. But I mean, like break it down into steps, and uh, you know, each sport, and then start blending them together. I think's the ultimate way to build the, you know, the the next best uh, best mixed martial artist. You know, yes. um, to do that. and then blend it in and slowly blend it in, and like especially with the kids, you know, who knows what they're their uh, choices are going to be when they're older, you know, like my daughter's already a national champ uh, in wrestling at her age group. She's young, um, but you know, there's so many more years to go. Um, she has high school, college and all that stuff. So I'm hoping, you know, they stay with it because they're really good at it. And then eventually, you know, they turn into, you know, Brazilian Jitsu stats and, and maybe follow a career in MMA, you know, but they can't do that. They can't do any MMA until they're uh, 18. Yeah, perfect. Like so you are okay with your kids becoming fighters because I've talked to athletes and fighters before and they were like, no, I'm not allowing my kids to even step near a cage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm down for it. You know, if they're good, uh, good at it and that, uh, that's what they truly want to do, I'm going to back them up a hundred percent, you know, like, uh, like a lot of my kids right now, uh, uh, you know, they're at such a high level. I get – there's only like a couple people that say it, but they're like, man, you guys are pushing the kids too hard. You know, I'm like, man, I'm not pushing the kids hard at all. This is what they want to do. I'm just giving them an outlet. Like if they want to go as far as they want to go, I'm going to let them. And, uh, you know, they might change their mind. You know, they might not want to wrestle in high school. That's okay with me. Uh, if that's whatever they want to do, I'm down for it. You know, like uh, if they want to do good right now, I'm going to let them. I'm going to show – let them do as, as far as I can take them. As you know, as far as they want to go, I'm going to do it, you know, let them go. And, uh, and it's like, and really it's like, it's funny. Cause it's like, I'm not even, you know, have to push these kids. These kids want to work so hard. It's awesome. Right. And then I have to, you know, pull them back. Like, Hey, let's recover. You know, let's not, let's not go so hard this practice. Like it's okay to go easy. You know, we don't have to go 110% every practice, you know, and uh, that's my biggest thing I got to do with the kids. Like, Hey, back down a little bit. Let's uh, take some time off. That's, you know, everything's cool, you know, but, you know, at the, you know, at the end, it's what they want to do, and I'm and I'm backing them up 100. percent No, for sure, and obviously with your experience, you understand, you know, when you can put pedal to the metal and when you kind of got to scoot it back so we can recover correctly. Yeah, exactly. I'm training all day, every day. So you know, there's all these people that you know that are great coaches, but I mean, they don't they don't get to train, they don't get to do what we're doing every single day. So I I know like what my body's feeling. And, uh, and honestly, the kids can push harder than me half the time. Like I'm like, when I know I'm getting tired and I start backing off and I tell the kids, Hey, we got to start backing off. I mean, shoot, they could go for a little bit longer. Then they recover faster too. It's funny. I'm like, man, I'm sore. I'm like, yeah, sore. Like, Let's go. I'm like, all right. I just recently started doing jujitsu with my son and oh, nice. uh, he's been doing it now for like eight months. And then nice. like, I was rolling with them last week and he's like, dad, why are you so sweaty? I was like, because I'm tired, bro. I haven't done anything physical yep. in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, the kids are there. You know, they're our future. And then be able to train with our own kids. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's the best thing, you know, in this world. And uh, and then also just to know that you're helping them in the future to, you know, just their confidence, uh, just like walking around in the street. If, they're bull if there's a bully or somebody picking on them, you know, like they can hold their own and stand up know stand up for themselves or their friends and stuff so i mean it's 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 so awesome yeah i had a kid my son at first was like he's scared of a fly to now we're like he's like i'll take a kid on my size it was like calm down there rocky and we try to take no one out <laughs> exactly 
Exactly. And like, it, it's just so, it's so good for them. Just their confidence in school. And like, you know, you, there's a lot of uh, people that bully and stuff. And like, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just cool to see the mixed martial art kids, the kids that train and do all the sports that are hands-on, you know, like just how a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're, they're humble, you know, they, they, you know, they're, yeah, I don't know. They're, I, they're just the best for me. I'm just glad that uh, we can be part of their lives. Definitely. I want to ask you about your weight cut real quick. How's that going? Oh, it's going good. So like I said, uh, a couple days ago, I was a little worried. I was actually two to three pounds heavier than I normally are, uh, normally am at this time. So I was kind of stressed out about it. We, uh, we, we were in San Francisco, and the sauna was not hot at all. The steam room wasn't that hot at all. So I really didn't lose anything. Um, so I was definitely worried about that, but then we, you know, flew to Hawaii, um, got here, found an awesome sauna place and I got my weight cut. Now I'm actually a pound lighter than I normally, normally am. So, I mean, I feel great. I'm thinking about maybe doing another weight cut, uh, today after this interview. And then I definitely will do another one tonight, but it just depends. I'm under, I'm good. I should probably just go relax by the ocean and, uh, take a dip. And do that, and then tonight, you know, do my final cut, and then wake up in the morning, um, and then usually only have a pound or two to cut, and then I'm golden. You know, I wake up, I eight uh, thirty in the morning, I'm like, all right, I'm chilling, check my weight, I'm like, all right, let's do this, finish the next last, you know, pound or two, in the next 15, 20 minutes, and then I go down, weigh in, and then I go eat some food. Have you been following any certain diets or anything like that, or any meal plans? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm on a. I have an awesome nutritionist, Darla Lewis. She's been helping me now. Um, and uh, but yes, no. It's all about nutritionists. It's all about uh, you know eating the healthy food. Like this is easy. Like uh, like this is this is this is so simple. I recommend everybody. If you're not doing, if you don't have a nutritionist, you're not you're not taking this seriously. Like yes, it costs money. I mean, this is your health. This is you. You want to perform, you know. Like I recommend everybody doing it. When I hear professional fighters not having a nutritionist, it just is. It's just a wow. It's like really, you know. Like what are you guys doing? Like this is easy cut. Like there's people cutting eight pounds right now, and I'm you know just floating. Like I'm eating. I get a snack throughout the day. Obviously, my calories are restricted. You know, are are low, and uh, my brain's <clears throat> my brain's a little slow. Because all the healthy fats and stuff I'm not getting right now. But, I mean, like, it's, I mean, this makes the fight so awesome. So, I mean, I'm just chilling, you know. Chilling right now, sitting on the balcony, getting ready to go swim. Enjoying Hawaii. Yes. Can't beat that, man. So, uh, throughout your entire MMA career, is this kind of one of those moments where, like, you know, I've made it. Like, I'm on one of the biggest stages in the world. I'm about to go fight in front of thousands of people and I'm about to be on the zone again. I mean, you have truly a, right on the cusp of transcending yourself into an MMA star. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think of it as that as now, like it usually never hits me like, yeah, I'm in Hawaii. It is awesome, but uh, it's not going to hit me until uh, after the fight. Then after the fight and that's after all my fights, then I'm like, all right, cool. I did it. Uh, what's next? Because I want to, you know, like I'm not where I'm where I'm at yet. Um, I have so many big plans to go and you know take this take this fighting like so so much farther. Like this is just the beginning. Still, just I've been fighting for years and this is still just the beginning. It's not where I'm at. I'm still super hungry and uh, and like yeah, like you know everybody tells me like oh yeah, this is awesome and it is awesome. This is you know this is cool. But like I said, it's 
Um, I'm so focused on this fight. I get after the fight, I will definitely, you know, then it will definitely hit me like, whoa, you know, this is it. We did it. But now we got what's next? You know, Coker, let's get on the next one, you know, especially if this is a quick fight. If I go out and stay, you know, unscathed or, you know, or if it's a war, you know, I love the wars. But I also love going out lately, you know, going out, you know, second, first, first round or second round is coming out like, hey, I'm good to go. Like, you know, let's start, get back in the fight camp next week and let's go again. So. 100% brother. Now, do we have an official prediction for your fight on Friday night? Uh, like I always say, this is going to be, um, let's see, first round knockout. And if uh, it uh, well, and again, it just depends on where he wants to take it. If he wants to keep it standing, um, he's definitely getting knocked out. If he wants to take it to the ground, and if he doesn't get like a nice flying knee, um, I'm definitely going to submit him. Um, we've been working on a lot of my ground game, and uh, again, you know, like uh, it's it just depends on where is he, wherever he wants to take it, where it's going to go there. Um, and so, if it's second round, if it makes it second round. Um, it's definitely going to, going to be a submission or a knockout again. And uh, if for some reason it does go to the third round, um, you're going to see you're, you're going to see a cast belt you've never seen before. A hungry and determined man. I can't wait. Hopefully yeah. we don't have to see it because I would love to see another flashy first round finish for you. Be nice. Now, brother, before I let you go kick back on that beach, I want to give you a quick opportunity to give a shout-out to your sponsors, loved ones, teammates, anyone that's helped you along your MMA journey. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Randall. So, I mean, my biggest, you know, first one is Institute of Combat. I mean, you know, uh, John Thompson, my coach, and I, we started that a couple of years from now, and it's just, it's just going great. So it's awesome. Um, I got, you know, like I said, one of the best coaches uh I, I believe in California, if not around the world, he's uh, underrated right now because nobody knows him. You know, just like my name, it's building up. It's it's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, but again, we're, you know, come from a small place, but we work hard. And, uh, you know, John Thompson puts in the homework. He, he has an eye for this. He's been doing this for years. He's flown over uh, around the world, uh, trained with some such big name fighters and coaches. Um and, you know, he's been teaching us, which so it was so awesome, like in class, and he's teaching us some, uh, so many, like, great moves and stuff. And then we watched, you know, the weekend after on Bellator UFC, and then they're doing it. You know, the guys are doing it. They're like, hey, you just showed us that, or you showed us that, like, two years ago. Now, finally, it's getting big out there, you know? Like, what is going on? So I know we have something great with our coach. Um, I have also New Wave uh, Realty. They're one of my great sponsors. If you ever need to buy a house in Humboldt County or – probably anywhere they probably hook you up they're super nice family i gotta give a big shout out to uh savejt.com um that little boy is a warrior you know he's he's going through some hard times right now um but uh that's savejt.com yes savejt.com um he has a super rare disease and he's he's just such a great little kid he's only uh how old is he now? He just had his birthday, my last fight, and I actually got to meet him for the first time. So he's probably a year and a half old now, maybe a little less. Wow. And uh, yeah, he's such a sweet kid. So I mean, definitely a big shout out to SaveJT.com. Um, I also then to like my sponsors, you know, um, I got Adventures Edge. Adventures Edge has been with me from the beginning. They're the ones who actually flown me to Vegas so I could win my amateur uh, title uh, fight way back in the day. 
and uh, and they're local. I also have who else is with me? I have Next Level. Next Level is the high altitude training with uh, the cryo machine that I get to go to. Um, their families is wonderful. They're actually my biggest sponsor. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, they're not here with me today, but uh, they go to all my fights. Uh, let's see. I have Raising the Standard, and that's actually uh, my coaches or my assistant coach Levi, who is also another great coach. His uh, his girl has Raising the Standard, and they're actually a horse company, um, and they're awesome. I got big do a big thanks uh, shout out to Jack Collins, who was Human Truth Body Works, and he works on all my injuries, gets me going. You know, if I have any injuries, he fixes me up right away. Um, I also have Brian Bellinger who's an active care chiropractor, who I see them once in a while. They give me awesome massages. They have an awesome, awesome group of uh, massage therapists and then also uh, chiropractor work, you know. They give me that stuff. I mean, uh, who else do I have? Uh, Rhythmic Catalyst Group, Joe Tenadora, who runs that. Um, he's my manager. He's the one that gets me all these great fights and, uh, you know, make sure I'm performing, you know, at such a high level. His son, Justin Tenadora, who's actually filling in for him this time he's actually here um and he's a bellator fighter he's one of my brothers um and uh you'll be seeing him soon shortly i have also um visual concepts so noah and his team sam uh noah and samson um they do all my sh uh awesome designs for my short or you know for my shirts amazing um, shirts. exactly they're they're amazing and he's been with me for a while now. And, uh, you know, just a big shout-out. And then obviously a shout-out to everybody on Native uh, MMA Radio, Humboldt County, um, all the Bellator fans, all my fans, everybody out there. Randall, thank you for this opportunity. You know, always giving me spotlight. I can't wait to actually meet you in person. Um, We're going to do it soon. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, everybody else who's been supporting me, like, thank you guys. This is awesome. My IOC wrestling kids, my Arcata Bad Boy slash Bad Girl wrestling kids. Uh, you know, uh, thank you all. I do it for all you guys. Um, and I'm not going to stop working slash training until uh, until I get everybody in there that I believe needs to be there. Like that's my next step after I make uh, you know build my name up and you know have a spotlight where you know where my name means something. So when I say hey, I have these kids, I have these guys that are going to be the next big thing. Everybody's, you know, going to actually look and be like, Hey, this is, you know, cast said it, this is going to be the next big, you know, big thing. So that's what, uh, you know, that's all, you know, that's it. Um, now, and again, yeah, thank you to everybody. Of course. I almost forgot to ask you about this. You, uh, did your own promotion, right? A couple of months ago, an amateur promotion. Oh, yes. Yes. So that was my, that was mostly my coach, John Thompson. I was just the face of it. He actually had to do all the hard work. I just had to, uh, you know, talk to fighters, say what up, take photos, and, uh, you know, just help a little bit. But really that that promotion was all, you know, John Thompson, my coach. How and was I the was turnout? Just, the, the what? How was the turnout? Oh, turnout was awesome. It was amazing. It was pretty much sold out. Um, it did oh. way better than we expected, uh, especially for our first show. You know, we, it was, we were really worried. We actually only had one MMA fight because all the MMA, MMA fights backed out. So luckily we have an offset team and our guys are like, they don't care. You know, they're down to fight. Yeah. They're up and coming. And uh, they actually uh, did some Muay Thai fights. Uh, they, Sweet. you know, because their MMA fighters backed out or got hurt or something happened. So they were like, well, you know, they still want to fight. So we have, we have these uh, Muay Thai fighters that were flying in from everywhere. And uh, our, 
our own my own teammates. They're like, let's let's do it. Let's go. You know. So we had a lot of even fights, which is awesome. Like we we care about pushing ourselves. Like we don't we don't sandbag at all. We want you know, especially as amateurs, you're there to push yourselves to the full. So we had you know half our guys lost, half our guys won, but they were all great fights. There weren't just one one sided fight. Like oh, this you know, like uh, all our guys fought guys who had more experience you know who uh, who had more fights so it was awesome it was a great show everybody loved it and we can't wait to do another one especially in humboldt county is there another one on the horizon uh yes but we don't have a date yet uh we're just just because we had to focus on this fight and then we have another you know the whenever the san jose fight's probably coming up in the next couple months so uh we don't there's no set date yet so uh you know we're just busy Busy, busy, and we have some big, uh, big news coming soon that I'll let you know, um, and that's in the next couple months. Um, before, in, uh, you know, when we can announce it, it's just you know, just about our gym. It's growing. Um, our classes are full, uh, and so you know, some big news coming out. That's awesome, man. Two more things before I let you go. Where can the fans get your T-shirts, and then where can they find you on social media? So the t-shirts, they're all pretty much sold out now. What I do is if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, Caspell MMA, um, I have the green hair. You can't miss it. Um, I What I do is a couple weeks before the fights, I you know ask everybody, hey, let me know what sizes you want. And uh, you just have to hit me up. And then I put the order in. And then you guys either I mail them out to you. I mail them all the way out to Brazil. I mail them out anywhere around the world. Um and then also, um, or you just come pick them up and meet me in person. Um, and then, uh, what was that other question? Where can the fans find you on social media? But you kind of answered oh, that one. I got that. Sweet. I'm on a roll. <laughs> there we have it. Internationally known, the mean green finishing machine, Cass Bell. Thank you so much for joining me today, sir. And I can't wait to see you fight on Friday night. Hey, thank you, Randall. Uh, hopefully you hit me up afterwards too. And I could, uh, talk to you afterwards after the fight and thank you for this awesome interview and thank you again everybody that listening uh, to native mma radio thank you again brother and we'll have you on after this fight for sure yeah awesome thank you randall of course man this is jason the specimen soares and you're listening to native mma radio as always walid is here to join me to break down ufc 245 it was an amazing three title fight end of the year pay-per-view as always the UFC puts on a great show at the end of the year to start off this fight we had a debuting star in Puna Healy Soriano he is 7-0 now he defeated Oscar Pinchota in a first round with a TKO at 3 minutes and 17 seconds into that round it was an amazing performance he really Put the pressure on right away, and he didn't let go. He had the his pedal to the metal the entire time, and he got the finish within three minutes. Yeah, and uh, like I like I say in every single episode, starting a fight card with the with the finish in the first round is the best way to start a fight card. I feel, and you know, get, get people hyped. You know, it's a it's the perfect way to start a show, to start a night. Waleed and I always talk about watch these early prelims because this is when the future stars are made. And I believe that you saw two future stars in these prelims. We'll talk about the next one in a little bit. In the second yeah. fight at UFC 245 in the women's flyweight division, Jessica Evil Eye is now 15-7. and seven. She won the unanimous decision over Viviana Arreo. I honestly thought you could have gave that nod to Viviana. 
It was a clear. It was a close fight. It was. It, it was, was a close, close fight. fight. Yeah. And, and if I, it would have been a split decision either way, I wouldn't have really been mad. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm kind of happy for Jessica I, you know, to get that W after you know that uh, the weight cut. That her, yeah. I want to. I ask think that you she about that. Do you? I mean, she was six pounds over the limit, over. 26 not 25 she was at you know she was six pounds over 26 yeah i mean uh, should she really be fighting in the strawweight division when you're the size of a bantamweight uh at the end of the day it all depends on the the fighter you know because uh if he's if the opponent agrees to fight i don't see the problem where, where, where's the problem then again you will tell me what if the opponent doesn't you know sometimes if the opponent uh, doesn't accept to fight like he will look like the bad people the bad person yeah. which is it's weird yeah which before. is weird it happened a lot of a lot of times happened before so i don't know what to think i think that at the end of the day if you're not a huge huge star even huge stars got you know got you know got booed for things like that so well, brian ortega did not fight uh who was it? Uh, Jeremy Stevenson's. Uh, yeah. When, he, when Max Holloway pulled out, he was supposed to fight Jeremy Stevenson for their interim title that night in Vegas. And Ortega yeah. said no. So I've been training for one guy. I'm not going to completely change everything in for another guy. Yeah, I, I see the, I see the, you know, both sides of the things, you know. I, I agree with people who doesn't accept the fight. I agree with other people but uh, at the end of the day, wh when you accept, you can't blame it on that because you accepted it. So you can't, ne you can never talk about it again. I feel exactly. It's yeah. it's not like a situation where you can really go back and make excuses of, because yeah. it was your choice. Yeah, now, exactly. Brandon Moreno had a very very nice return to the UFC. He won a unanimous decision against Kai Kira France. It was a pretty one sided performance. I really thought. From the start of the fight, if you would have told me that Brandon Moreno was going to be the one pushing the pace and he was going to be the one dictating everything, especially in the later second and third round, I would have told you guys you're crazy. Kai Kira France is really the future of the flyweight division. But Brandon Moreno yeah. really showed that, you know, getting cut from the UFC and now coming back has really rejuvenated his career and has really put a, almost like a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the fight, uh, you know, Brandon Moreno wasn't real. The problem wasn't really about he, if he's talented or not. It just, you know, when it comes to fight night, sometimes he didn't really deliver. So, but this time, I think that th this decision was very good for him. I think that he will, it will, you know, let him breathe kind of because, you know, sometimes it's a lot of pressure. You know, after getting caught by the UFC and coming back, now I think that's a, it's a fresh start for him in the UFC. Let's not talk about you know his first because uh, his first time in the UFC because I I feel that maybe it's kind of not the same fighter that he he used to be. No, definitely. In the UFC's featherweight division, we had another debut. Chase Hooper is now 7-0-1. He defeated Daniel Tamer. <laughs> ben Askren's son. Ben Askren's son. Did you see the back and forth between him and Ben Askren? That was maybe was awesome. the best thing that he it, maybe it's the best thing he could have hoped for other than winning that fight. Yeah, and he, he I don't know what it is about Chase, but he loves to go in there and get beat up before he does anything. <laughs> and he lo and he loves M&Ms. Like he said four time M&Ms in maybe 10 seconds. Well, you know what it is, right? 
He's the M&M's king. No, he can't do anything else in Vegas. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> That's the only thing he could do. I talked to him about it. He's like, dude, I've done pretty much everything that you could do as an 18-year-old kid in Vegas. So he eats M&M's. It's not bad. M&M's, uh, I like the flavor of M&M's. Everybody loves it. So what's the problem? There is no problem. Daniel Tamer had him in a very deep guillotine choke, and that wasn't even a problem for Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper ended up getting a slick finish. He ended up uh, getting the triangle and then mounting him in the triangle and then just laying down elbows on top of fucking Tamer's dome. It was a very nice display of his jiu-jitsu and as well as his striking. Yeah, it was a great performance by him and... uh... I think that the fact that Ben Askren posted something about him, it's uh, it's huge for him. I really feel that, and I'm happy for him. And we are special, especially us, because he's close friend, maybe of the podcast, you know. So yeah, we are happy for people who come on the show and get that W. Definitely happy for people that give us the opportunity to showcase them. In the welterweight division, Matt Brown made his return to the victory column. With a second round TKO, four minutes and fifty five seconds into the fight, it really, it really looked like he was going to dominate Ben Saunders from the opening bell. It was a hell of a performance by Matt Brown. He showed that, you know, he's got crisp striking still, and that I, I just feel like, at the end of the day, he's not done in this welterweight division. Do I think he's going to go on a title run? No. Do I think that he could have some more highlight finish reels before he calls it a quits? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a straight killer. And that was me, you know, fight between two UFC veterans. Had a lot of fights in the in the in MMA, you know. Matt was the the better fighter this night. Maybe he's the better fighter, uh, you know, uh, period between between him and Ben Saunders but it was a good fight like I said like we said when we talked about this fight or on the last show it's a fun fight let's just enjoy both of them uh, while uh, it lasts between them they have over 70 professional fights yeah which is crazy crazy you know what I mean when you really sit back and think about that insane in the middleweight division Omari Akhmedov defeated Ian Heinish with a unanimous decision victory. Amari Akhmedov looked amazing. Uh, he showed that he could strike with middleweights. He showed that his wrestling prowess is obviously nothing that people could fucking go against. I'm really interested to see what he could do in this middleweight division. Yeah, uh, Omari was, well, uh, you know, he's a well-known fighter in this division. I, in, the, the, in the UFC world, I would say that it's not his very first fight here i think people know him he looked good it was a good performance by him and never had an opponent like ian heinish yeah i agree with you about that definitely never beaten him yeah he had two great takedowns uh he landed a total of almost 70 strikes i mean he looked very good against ian yeah it was a great performance by him and uh, you know a clear unanimous decision 100 percent. and i think we would be talking more about it this week but these next two guys, oh, sorry, these next two fighters, men and women, just yeah. put on such great performance, it's overshadowing them all. Irene yeah. Aldana went in there in four minutes and 51 seconds and knocked out who people like me and arguably others thought was the next challenge for Amanda Nunez, Caitlin Baer. Caitlin Baer yeah. is now 10-1. and one. 
she it was, it, it was a clean knockout and I, I really thought before that fight before she got the knockout I thought Caitlyn was winning every moment of that fight yeah until she got caught and then Aldine you know Irene rang her clock and it was all she wrote yeah, uh, it was a quick knockout, I would say, in the first round. Maybe not very quick, you know, it wasn't the very first seconds of the... It was at the end of the first round. But, were, yeah, were you really surprised by it? I was, because if you look at the fight, Caitlyn was really dominating those exchanges in yeah. the beginning. So, when she got caught, and then she was out. <laughs> she got caught, and she yeah, got dropped yeah. right away. Like, she... She got hit with that left and that right, and then she went down and she got hit with like two more shots and she was out. Yeah, she got caught real bad, I feel. And, you know, what a great performance by uh, Aldana. Do you uh, think that that catapults Aldana into the title picture? I don't know. It's it's kind of mayhem in those divisions. So getting a big W sometimes really puts you, you know, on the spot it's for all, a title fight. nowadays. Yeah, it's all it takes, like you said. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We will see, I guess. Now, another great performance on by this welterweight. Jeff Neal went in there oh, one yeah. minute and 30 seconds and knocked out your boy Platinum Mike Perry. I honestly thought that this, this is exactly how it was going to go. I thought that if Mike Perry was going to go in there and actually try to stand and bang with Jeff Neal like Mike Perry loves to do, he was yeah. going to get knocked the fuck out. Jeff Neal is a beast. I'm interested to see what's next for him. You and I talked about it. You said Leon Rocky Edwards. I said Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Either one of those two matchups are amazing. Uh, I'm interested to see what's next. Me too. Uh, I guess that I was wrong. I said that, uh, you know, Mike Perry was going to win this fight. I was clearly wrong because what a performance by Jeff Neal. What's his nickname? Iron Hands? Uh, Iron Fist, um, hands of steel. Ah, hands of steel. I'm sorry. And yeah, it was there was really hands of steel because uh, you know his kicks looked good for men that call himself the hands of steel. Yeah, it was the kicks I think that maybe got him that W. I would say, but yeah, just the, he looked the fucking amount of pressure that he put on yeah. Perry was ridiculous. Like Perry was so overwhelmed from the second of the bell, he was like, "What the fuck happened?" You know, you know who me, he made me uh, think about. Remember those uh, early Conor McGregor fights when you know he was so not getting, you know, he, the pressure is just you know cleaning the division like easily. You know, like I felt like that because he he it wasn't really for him. Uh, like Mike Perry wasn't really a threat for him, N- not at all, not in any second of you know. Even though the fight lasted only a minute and a half. But in that minute and a half, like he controlled the fight, and it was so easy for him. Yeah, I'm, I was very impressed by him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's next for Mr. Hands and Steel, Jeff Neal. Yeah. Now going on to the main card, Petcher Yan showed everybody what we expected in the third round. Forty-three seconds into that, he finished Uriah Faber, Uriah Faber with yeah. clean, clean punches. Uh, he hit Faber with a big right, and it just sat Faber on his ass. That was really the end of the fight from there. Petra kind of just jumped all over him. But I think the most fight came after the fight for Mr. Team Alpha Male, wannabe captain over there, Cody Garbrandt. And he got into it with Petrion in the backstage of UFC 245. Right as soon as they got to the doctors, 
they, those two would already get into it. Do you think that Petrion is going to take a step back and fight Cody no. Garbrandt? Well, I, I hope not because he's so close to that title fight. And, it, you know, Con, uh, Cody, love him or hate him, it's not really an easy fight because, you know, for a bantamweight, he had that knockout power. And you know that he can't finish anybody in this division when he's not uh, fighting, you know, like a moron. But when he's fighting like a true professional, like he's very dangerous. And yeah, Peter Young doesn't need to fight against Cody. He, he, he's next for the title fight. He's next for the, for the belt, I think. So you think that he should be getting the next shot at Mr. Wait, wait, wait. What division is this again? Sorry. Is it Henry Suda, right? Yeah, this is the Bantamweight. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was Featherweight. I don't know. I was drawing, no, 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 I was no, no, drawing, no. I was drawing no. a fucking brain fart. My bad, guy. He should, he should be next fighting against uh, Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I went to go say Henry, and then I thought, and I was like, wait, that doesn't yeah. sound right. No, yeah, no. He... Now, let me get your opinion on the next fight, because now Henry Cejudo says that he wants to fight Jose Aldo, the man who lost against Marlon Moraes in a unanimous decision. Do you think that Marlon Moraes won that fight? Uh, I would say no. I didn't feel that he won that fight. Do you but think it was that Jose Aldo deserves a title shot? No, because he, at the end of the day, it's a, he, he lost. We, like Dana can say whatever he wants. That's for him. He didn't lose. Or it's not the first time it happens. It's not the first time someone deserves to win. Get the loss so if Aldo next fight is maybe his last MMA fight like you know like Dan Henderson got that UFC title fight and you know because he's a legend and he yeah maybe I would say there but there's so him, him and Big Bing too so it made sense yeah so but there's so much so many people that deserve to fight against Harry Cejudo before Aldo like there's uh, in the in the flyweight division you have uh, Benavidez in the bantamweight division yeah, you have uh, you have Sterling, uh, Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yan. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, at this rate, TJ Dillashaw yeah. will be fucking back soon. Yeah, so I don't know. And although he didn't get, I mean, maybe give him a, after an, another fight, and we will see. Maybe he needs a big he needs a big win to get on that uh, in this title picture. You know. Okay, so if we say that flyweight is the next one to get a title shot of Henry Cejudo. Do you think that Aldo should fight Petrion? If uh, if uh, Aljamain is fighting for the uh, for the belt, that's what you're saying. No, 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 no. If if uh, if they decide to take the title fight to flyweight oh, instead okay, of okay. bantamweight, do you yeah. think Petrion should fight Jose Aldo? No, I would prefer to watch Peter, Peter Jan against uh, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling. Didn't yeah. they already fight? I don't. I'm not sure, but I feel that the it's the fight to make because we need a clear challenger, and it's between them. So uh, the the thing that makes sense is to have them fight. Peter Jan said about Colby Covington or about um, Cody Garbrandt that he is a puppy and he barks, but he doesn't bite. So there's no way that he is going to be waiting for a fight for him. I agree with him. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a big uh, Cody Garbrandt fan, but uh, yeah, he doesn't deserve that title fight. Not really. 
Now, the first of three title fights, Amanda Nunez honestly probably looked outside of those Valentina Shevchenko fights the most vulnerable that she's looked in any of her title fights. And she still dominated. <laughs> yeah. Which is That's really crazy. Amazing that you really you put it that way. She's looked the most vulnerable, and she still dominated. That that's that's how easy it's for her, you know. It, she had an off night in other division. If you have an off night, you get knocked out, you know, in the in the first round. But for her, like like no, no pressure. She she's the queen of the division. Nobody can beat her. She's the best. She's now, the goat. Jermaine yeah. hit her with this up kick. I think it was in the third or fourth round, and I think that was probably the most promising moment for Jermaine of the fight. It was just Amanda fell right on top of her and was able to regain, you know, any consciousness that she lost. Yeah, but uh, do you, did you think that uh, she she's uh, there's something to get worried about? I don't think so. I think right now at this point in time, I don't. I think the only thing you can worry about is who the fuck she fight next. Who do who? Like, who do you have? Like, like you said, uh, I believe that's the boxing uh, world. Maybe that's what's next for her. I think Clarissa Shields is the answer. Yeah. I don't. I don't see who else you could like, unless there's somebody on the outside looking in that we don't know about right now. Um, I just don't see who it is. I don't see me, me neither. I, I agree with you. For the like, at first I didn't agree with you about this boxing fight. I thought that maybe she. You know, it doesn't make sense. Why the hell would she go boxing? And uh, the fe the female uh, boxing boxing world is not the same as the male, fe you know, boxing world. Like, there's it's not the same thing. There's no glory in it. Like in the there's some glory, of course. I'm not pissing on the the boxing females world, but I'm just saying the MMA female world is way better. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's way way better. For sure. A bigger fan base, too, I believe. Yeah, bigger, bigger. Yeah, way bigger fan base. Do you believe Irene Aldana has done enough to deserve a title shot against Amanda Nunes? Uh, at this point, point... At this point, that's really the only bantamweight that's on the list that she hasn't beaten. Yeah. You know what? Let her have that fight so she, you know, she cleaned the whole division and then let her she said fight whatever. that she wants to fight and she wants to fight, she wants to defend her 145-pound title. That's exactly what she said because, I mean, it makes sense to me. She's the only champion with the old belt still when it comes to 145. Yeah. It's the only division that has the old belts. So uh, let's get that fixed. Yeah, makes sense. I, I Listen, honestly I, thought this what, fight what, made sense at featherweight. Whatever she wants. She's the GOAT. She's the champ. She do whatever she, she wants. Speaking of GOAT, I seen fucking uh, MMA Junkie, I believe it was. Their pound for pound top 15. And she wasn't even fucking on it. How the fuck do you make a pound for pound list and arguably the greatest women's fighter of all combat sports isn't on it? How the fuck is... How, and your guys, you guys are literally... One of the biggest MMA websites out there. People look for you guys, look to you guys for actual fucking news and for you guys to make sense. But you guys have a pound for pound listing and don't have arguably the greatest women's fighter of all fucking time on there. This retarded. Sorry, I had a vent real quick about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, it doesn't make sense. 
she's the GOAT. Maybe she's the best fighter in this year, maybe. She can be on top. If you put it on a list, you know, the 2020, the 2019 year, who had the most success. Maybe it's either her or uh, Henry, maybe. What maybe Khabib. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Let me, let me ask you this one question. Yeah. Name one double champion that's actually defended both their titles. Uh, there, there's none. There's none, I would there's say. None. There's none. Amanda Nunes yeah. is the only one that who could do it. And the only reason why they haven't given her the opportunity to do it yet is because there's no one at 145 to fight. DC so, wasn't uh, so, going to 205. Connor wasn't going back down to 145. Hell no. Henry's fucking been injured the entire time. We don't know what the hell he wants to do. He should go back to fight the flyweight champion first, but he's calling out Bantamweights that just lost. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I, listen. She she's the best fighter of this year, maybe. Uh, I think the it's not the, the question doesn't even make Female sense. Female fighter? It's not even fucking close. Yeah, no, it may be even fighter of this in year, general, like just shit. Fighter. Yeah, in general, yeah, I would say that she deserved. I could agree. Uh, with that. Yeah, but uh, you know those, uh, but those rankings about pounds for pounds and stuff doesn't make really sense. It's all about uh, opinion and whoever you like and whoever you don't like. So, it is what it is. Their opinion sucks. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <clears throat> now, in the co-main event, the featherweight GOAT Max Holloway defended his title against Alexander Volkanovsky unsuccessfully, crowning the Australian, the very first Australian-born fighter to ever win a UFC title. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, Robert Whitaker was born in New Zealand, so Alexander yeah. Volkanovsky is the first Australian-born UFC fighter to become UFC champion. And he put on one hell of a performance. The leg kicks, I feel like, were the biggest difference of the fight. It really... Okay, so when we talk about Max, you and I talk about pressure a lot and how he's able to throw yeah. five and six start combinations. Those were not yeah. going off. He wasn't able... I feel like he wasn't able to move the way he was used to and flow and throw those one, two, three, four uppercut. You know what I mean? It just wasn't yeah. there. Because Volkanovski, every time Max would go with one, two, Volkanovski, leg kick, get the fuck out. Yeah. Throw a left, throw a right, uh, leg kick, get out. It was the greatest was, game plan against somebody like Max. It's maybe the greatest game plan you can have, I guess, a, a fighter who's much taller with bigger reach. Like, it's either you take him to the ground, which is not easy to take Holloway to the ground because you have great takedown defense, yes. or, you know, you... You change the way the the striking game should be. The the man with the longest reach, you know, should control the the distance. If you break the distance, the taller guy, you know, will he he will crumble and you know he will get you know he will not be comfortable. So yeah, Alexander Volkanovski looked great. It was a great performance. I don't know if his hollow if Holloway didn't look good because after this his loss to Dustin or whatever. Did he? I don't. I'm not sure if he did affect or not his performance in this night. So, but uh, yeah, congratulations to the great uh, Alexander. 157 total strikes, Alexander Volkanovski. He attempted four takedowns. They were all stuffed by Max Holloway. Uh, he threw 51% of his. He landed 51% of his strikes. All of his strikes were significant. Mm, yeah. No, listen. Uh, I mean that, that that's just uh, right there alone. 151 strikes. Every single one of them are significant. That's that's huge. About, 
About that, I would like to ask you uh, for the main event. If all the Kamaru Usman strike were uh, were significant strike, yeah, because I feel forty eight percent of them were. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I agree about that. Yeah. And they actually counted all of Colby's as well. Total strikes oh. one hundred and forty three. Significant strikes one hundred and forty three. The most interesting thing about that main event is something that you brought up earlier. No takedowns, man. Kamaru no. Usman. Went no in there day. and kickboxed Colby Covington for five rounds, winning by TKO in the fifth round with 50 seconds left. The judges' scorecards read 3-1 Colby, 3-1 Kamaru, 2-2 even going into that fifth round. Colby Crazy. Covington shown that he has a lot of heart and a glass yeah. jaw. Yeah. Kamaru I'm, Usman has shown... A glass jaw? <laughs> really? Really? A it got broke. He, that doesn't mean it's a glass straw. All the shit he was talking, and now he can't say a word. Oh, come on. He will, he will tweet about stuff. Fake newsman completely <laughs> took your ability to speak. Away. Marty. How many, so many people talk, you know, uh, let's, you know, you know what? I would say something. Askren and Colby talked so much, so much shit about uh, Usman and look at them now. One of them is lo lost air, maybe all his UFC fights. People don't agree with that, so you know that finish against louder. That Marty shit was coming out is right when he got fucking his face cut or uh, deed in, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's crazy, you know. The, sometimes life is good. Sometimes you sometimes it's 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 a thing that you can show to your children you and you and you say you know you see when you talk shit sometimes and sometimes well, life writes the comedy for you yeah which is great even though i'm a huge colby Covington fan and you know that but i, I love everything about this sport i love the wins i love the losses i love the, the trash talk i like the humble fighters i like everything and what what a way to you know to still be the champion and what a performance by Kamal Usman. He looked amazing. He looked he looked way bigger than Kobe. I would say I uh, well, I have to talk about that. Bigger he, and I realized that he could take a punch. Yeah, bigger, stronger. He he's a better striker. I think that he didn't want to gamble going to the ground with Kobe, where both of them are great grappler. I think that he knew that he's a way better striker, I so he dictated the fight. At least like to seen who was the better grappler. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, it's about who's the better fighter. That's the M if you want that, you need to go to the gym and have them, you know, spar, uh, you know, spar and do only only grappling, you know. But at the end of the day, this is the complete package. This is MMA. A grappler needs to know how to strike, and Kamaru Usman is the better striker between those two best grappler maybe in this division. Yeah, I mean, once you look at the fact that Ben Askren's gone and uh, Damian Maia's really the only legendary grappler in that division, those are probably two of the best. Yeah, and how and how different this this striking fight was from the, you know, the Damian Maia and <laughs> Ben Askren striking it, fight, was, think, which was awful. I think Dana said it best. When you get two people who hate each other like this, the fight usually sucks. And this is probably one of those rare occurrences where the fight was amazing. It was amazing. Like the jab, Usman, Kobe had his moments. Usman had his moments. 
We had everything going to the field. Usman, you know, was wasn't really tired. Colby, his jaw, his jaw was broken. He was tired. He was trying just to survive in that first, that fifth round. Let's let's be reasonable. But yeah, congratulations to the champ. Yeah, one hundred percent. Who would you like to see next? Like I said, I want to Masvidal. I want Street Jesus because I think that fight Win. can. Whenever both of them are ready, I would say uh, maybe in April, maybe the the early the, the earlier the better because some people talk shit about uh, about uh, uh, Kamaru Usman not being very active. I think that people needs he needs to shut some people up about that. I think him getting right back in the cage is the best thing. I believe he was suspended for something though. I don't have the suspensions right in front of me. But uh, hopefully that gets all played out and he's able to get back in. Yeah, there. whenever he's ready. Whenever he's ready. You know, it's a fight. He fought a fifth, five round maybe. He didn't look hurt. Maybe he hurt himself. Who knew? Maybe his hand, you know. Maybe he got his hand hurt. Maybe you You may never know. So let him get some rest. Be 100% ready. And have him fight against Jorge Masvidal. And let them both get paid. Yeah, no. Super excited about that one, guys. Well, that about covers it up. Any last words on UFC 245, Wally? Uh, I would have to 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 be the bigger man and say that my man lost, but but this is not the last time you will see Kobe Covington. I just want to point out it's been a year, about a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. You and I had the discussion of the fact that Kamaru Usman was the best welterweight in the welterweight division. Yeah. It's coming true, bro. I'm just pointing that shit out. It's coming true. And you, you know, you know what's great. You, you know that what's great about this, you know, this sport. Like we ended this chapter, but it's uh, another one is about to, you know, to to start. And yeah. this is Israel Adesanya against Joel Romero. For me, Joel Romero will definitely destroy the the the, the Adesanya train. But for it's you, Adesanya, with, it's yeah. a completely different level type of fighter when it comes to striking. He is already on level two when everyone else is just turning on the game. He no, he's the he's best. on level ten. He's he on level is ten. The best he's... pure striker we've ever seen in the UFC. He also threatens that his jiu-jitsu is very good, which I'm hoping we see in this Yoel Romero matchup. I can't wait till March. It's going to be the main event. Yo. Yeah, Zhang Le... God damn, I can't pronounce her name. Zhang versus Joanna is going to be on that fight card also. Two title fights in March. T-Mobile Arena. Can't wait. Wally Wall, thank you for joining me. We're going to have you back in a little bit. We're going to get Mike Rodriguez on the line. And then uh, we'll be back. All right, guys. Joining me at this time is one of the UFC's top lightweights, Mike Rodriguez. Sitting in South Korea, currently waiting for his fight this Saturday morning. How you doing today, Mike? I'm feeling good. Doing good. Doing good. So, uh, South Korea, man, how was this whole fight brought up to you? Um, it was insane. So, uh, at first, I wanted to fight a couple of weeks ago in D.C., but um, they didn't give me that card, which is fine. I understand. And then um, I just was like, all right, well, I just got way by the sideline. Then they're like, how about South Korea? And at first, I'm like, I really want to travel that far and everything. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? Screw that. Let's go. So 
That's how I came about. How far was the flight? Uh, 17 hours. That's not too bad. Nah, it was so, we, I flew from Boston to Tokyo. Was in Tokyo for like two hours. And then from Tokyo to, um, to Busan. Now, have you got to be able to enjoy any of the culture so far? Yeah, man. I've, I've done a lot of little things. Um, obviously, like, prioritizing my training and stuff and what I need to do. But um, I've witnessed it. Right now, I'm inside this beautiful, beautiful, uh, like, I guess you would say mall or something. And um, it's just, it's awesome. It's like a, it's, it's a cute something. I don't know. It's like a bar. It's a bakery. It's a cafe. There's a bunch of seating. It's it's just an amazing place to be at. It's sick. It's really sick. Now, I know you're cutting weight and everything for your fight. Now, have you got to enjoy any of the food there though? Some the first couple the first couple of days I was here, yeah, because um some of the food was um a lot of the food like yeah, it's like fry there's a lot of fried food. But um they also have like a lot of things with just pure protein. Like, um, so things like that. I, um, also had like these, um, burrito, these, it's not, I was going to say burrito bowl cause it reminds me of that, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's called like bimbo peep or something like that. I keep, I keep messing up the name, <laughs> but, uh, it's really good. It's like a hot bowl with like rice Is and it like, like beef protein. Or pork? It, you can get it with pork or beef or nice. fish or whatever you want. And it's fucking amazing. And also surprisingly enough, the French toast here is out of this world. You know what the else French I've heard that's kind next of level. like next level in the Asian countries compared to ours is 7-Eleven. Have you been to the 7-Eleven out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we went to um, – there's one next to the um, hotel, and it's pretty crazy. And uh, it has, they have a bunch of crazy stuff in there. But, man, the, the French toast is next level, man. We just <laughs> yeah. killing the French toast, yeah. <laughs> Where's the go-to French coast in South Korea? Well, we've just been going to the one in the hotel to oh, spread perfect. that they got French toast. Yeah, but um, I was speaking to one of the uh, the people there, one of the chefs there, and they were like, "Oh, there's a bunch of places that have French toast here," and he was like, "It's everybody always loves the French toast here for some reason. Like a lot of Americans when they come, that's what they always rave about." Now, what are you, is there anything that you're eyeballing for after the fight? Um, I actually want to hit up some of these, like, there's so many bars and restaurants. I just want to hit up a whole bunch of them. Like, screw it. Knock them out of the park. <laughs> How many days after the fight are you going to be there? I'm only going to be here for one day. Then I'm going to get going. And how many days have you been there already? Uh, it's been 11, 12 days now. Oh, so you're spending a good chunk of time there ahead of time to get adjusted to the time and everything? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I lied. I've been, I'm here total for 11 to 12 days. I've been here for about four now. Oh, so how have you adjusted so, so far then? Oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, the first day was fucked. The first day I landed, I was fine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good, whatever. Went to sleep, felt normal. The second day, oh, my gosh. It was like a fucking, like, dude, it was like getting hit by a sack of bricks. <laughs> then, like, the day after that, it was, wasn't as bad, it was, but it was, I was still fucked up. Then the next day, yesterday I was good. Now today I'm even better. Now, uh, Jung, what do you know about him? Uh, honestly, I don't know much about him. Um, from what I was told, 
from the coaches and they did their homework. I, I didn't like watch any film on him or anything. I was um Toadie's he's a counter striker, uh very boxing heavy, uh, lot really good head movement, and he's uh just a counter guy. He always liked to counter. So yeah. You have a four inch reach advantage on him. Have they uh, brought that up to you already? Yeah, they did. Do you plan on exploiting that at all? Because you have a very big reach on a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, I am definitely am going to exploit that. Um, just, but I got I got to fight this fight like one, one round at a time, one second at a time. Like it's not, it's not going to be one of those. Oh, I got to go out there and knock him out. Like if he gives yes. me a knockout, fine. But I'm I'm just fighting more to just get the win. You know? take what comes That's, to you. Exactly. Makes sense. What uh, what are you looking for after this fight? Do you have an idea, or you're kind of just really focused on this one? I want to focus on this one first. I can't. Uh, I'm not going to predict anything for the future yet. No, for sure. Uh, with Jung, what is your game plan going in there? Um, just again, just try to win the exchanges. Um, just give him things to bite on, so I can draw his counters. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, when I watched a lot of his film, he, he, like you, you pointed out, he's a very heavy counter striker. Obviously, with your reach, you'll be able to exploit a lot of that. Yep. Now, back home, before you went training, did you guys have any certain training pointers for Jung, or did you just have some of the same guys you've always had? Um, I trained with uh, the same same guys I always have. Um, they just uh, switch up their fight styles for me, and um, – Good thing I, I have a teammate that fights very similar to him. So I utilize him a lot. So that that was good. I have a teammate that fights exactly like him. Again, from what I was told, I don't know. But from what I was told, I have uh, Fabio Chavant. He's one of my teammates. He fights just – he was on a contender series uh, last season. And he um, he fights just like him. He's just, he waits for the shots. He's waiting, tries to counter, things of that nature. So, yeah, we did a lot of rounds together. That's got to be super helpful to have in someone that right there almost to mimic exactly what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, what have you been up to in your spare time? I know you like to play a lot of video games and stuff. What, what's been new with you? I've just been playing. Like, uh, So I just got uh, somebody from the Siege community sent me out a PC, which I'm highly grateful for. Shout out to my man, Pratt. And uh, I um, – been learning how to transition from playing siege on console to pc and it's just a night and day difference but i'm getting a hang of it i haven't been able to get that give it that full attention because i've been in the training camp and everything but when i get out of it i'll, I'll be back to my grinding yeah like my nephew has one of those con- uh, computer consoles and i tried it it's not for me. It's a different world. I'm a it's controller a world. guy. I can, I'll whoop his ass with a controller in my hand, but when he goes to the PC, that's his world. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now, how's the weight cut for this fight been? It's good. Um, uh, right now, I'm like, I just checked my weight with the UFC, and uh, they saw I was like 213.6, so that's not bad. The sucks really good. Um, yeah, so that's that's good. Have you been staying on any certain diets? Have you been working with anyone to keep your weight down? Not just eating right. And, uh, well, since I'm with the UFC and everything now, they get um, trifecta meals for free. Nice. So he's been shipping me out those, and I've been eating those throughout the camp. Now, who who's out there with you guys in South Korea right now? In terms of for my coaches and shit? Yes. Uh, Jake Manini's my Muay Thai coach. He's actually my first 
coach ever to ever teach me anything. He taught me Muay Thai back when I was in high school. So he's here with me. Um, You've had him for the entire ride. Yeah, my wrestling coach, uh, Frank Camis, is here. Um, and uh, Joe, Joe's coming in today. Joe's on his way. Joe Lozon's on yeah. his way. So, so yeah. good little power crew there. Yeah. Now, you, uh, you're you such a character on social media. I love paying attention to everything you put out. I love how you're so interactive with the fans. Not a whole lot of people yeah. are going to do that, especially during their fight weeks. I mean, you even put out today, you put out, you know, ask me anything, and you just yep. went along with the fans. Tell me, is that, is that something that you always have done, or are you going to keep doing it? Well, I don't – well, the thing is, like, some guys, like, they, they get, like, all eagle. The eagle's all – built into this shit where they like feel like they don't need to interact with people and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, that's not me. Like if, if I were to be walking down the street, whether if I'm where I'm at now or not, and I see someone, someone says, Hey, what's up to you? I'm going to say, Hey, what's up? So I'm not going to give them the cold shoulder. I won't do it no matter where I'm at in life. Like, you know what I mean? So I interact with everybody, you know what I mean? And, and it keeps it fun. Like they, they enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. Um, they appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, like, I'm no different from them. I just, you know, so I don't, I don't look at it as that way. So, yeah, I interact with everybody. That's awesome. Now, yeah. we talked about this before uh, we got on the air, but uh, obviously, I want to ask you again: Did you ever imagine in a million years that you'd be fighting in South Korea? No, never. They still like mind-boggling. I'm just taking it all in, and um, it's like. I don't know. Like, I want to do this again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's giving me this, like, feeling. I'm like, dude, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's motivating me. If that makes sense. Like, it's an extra motivation. No, for sure. So, yeah. Now, uh, you know, a long trip. A, lo- a lot of fighters don't like the long trip. Did you mind it? No, nah, I didn't mind it at all. Now, are, are you used to flying? You're, I mean, I know, I've actually talked to a couple of fighters who hate flying, and they will drive to fights. No, no, no. I always fly. Unless it's close. If I was fighting in D.C., I would have drove down. Yeah, um, or Boston. But, yeah, or Boston. Just wake up, walk down the street. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't mind flying. I like flying. Have you fought in the TD Gardens yet? Nope. Now, that's got to be a dream come true for you. Absolutely. I want to do that really bad. Is it, is it literally walking distance? Uh, well, more of a drive, like 30-minute drive for me. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. You go to your hometown, have all your friends and family there. Yeah. Are there any ta- uh, talks about going back to Boston that you've heard of? No, but I'm pretty sure they are. It's a huge, huge, huge fight city. Yes. Yeah. And historically, Little, too. Fun fact, I didn't know that the garden was designed for fighting it was designed really? for boxing i did not the old boxing garden the yeah. way it's the way it was designed it was designed for bo- old boxing matches that's awesome yeah i was like wow yeah i, I found that out on a duck tour <laughs> <laughs> before i let you go man i, I want to give you a quick opportunity to give a shout out to your sponsors loved ones anyone that's really helped you along your mma journey I uh, just want to give a huge shout out to uh, to Kill Cliff. They helped me out through this whole uh, camp, sending me all those drinks. Highly recommend you guys hop on them. They're awesome. Great for working out. 
Uh, they have a, a pre-workout, post-workout, and a daring workout. And um, use uh, MROD20, uh, Kill Club, uh, for the promo code. And I also want to thank um, uh, Turp House. Same thing. Great CBD oil. Uh, great CBD products. Uh, use my promo code, MROD20. Save yourself some cash. Uh, give a shout out to all my teammates. Help me out through this journey. All the coaches and all my fans and all my loved ones. Like Without you guys, I would not be here. Not at all. Thank you for this. Uh, you talked about CBD for a second. Do you use it for recovery? Yeah, I do. And how do you feel with it? I feel great. Isn't that know, a huge like, difference? Yeah, it does. Especially like the, uh, the, for me, the rubs are really big. I don't know why I get more effectiveness from the rubs. Like if I throw the rub on my elbow or my knee or something like that, it's usually I'm good within a, a day. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I'm a big supporter yeah. of the CBD. I really love how, you know, they're truly evolving what fighters are doing now. Yep. Now, where can the fans find you on social media? They can find me at MROD20. I mean, wow. <laughs> MROD MMA on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Mike Rodriguez. Um, I don't really use Facebook like that. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Emrod uh, MMA um, on Discord as well. And then uh, where on the fight card do they have you guys? Have they told you yet? I'm third from the top. I'm on the main card. Okay, perfect. So you'll be right, right on... Uh, and at least in America, you'd be around 6 a.m.? Yeah, 6 a.m. <laughs> Excellent, brother. Well, we can't wait to watch the fight. Can't wait to cheer you on. Can't wait to continue to watch this journey that you're on. Uh, thank, thank you, you for man. coming on, and we can't wait to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right, brother. You have a good one. You too, my man. All right, guys. Welcome back. This week, we are going to be breaking down UFC Fight Night 165 that is coming from Busan, South Korea in the Sajik Arena. It is Manny Vincent by the Korean Zombie who was originally supposed to take on Brian Ortega, but because of a knee injury, Brian Ortega was replaced by the last-minute answer of Frankie Edgar. So the main event is Frankie Edgar is Chun Sung Jang. The Korean Zombie has to prepare for a completely different fighter this way. I yeah. think it's a, a great matchup. The co-main event's just as good. Volkan Uzdemir versus Alexander Rukic. I'm a huge fan of Rukic. I feel like he is possibly the future of the light heavyweight division. Can't wait to break down these cards. So many great names. A lot of them you might not know, but trust me, you're going to want to watch fight. In yes. the Bantamweight division, who do we got starting off the fights there, Waleed? So... For the first fight of this fight card, we have Lily Alateng against Ryan Benoit. Don't com don't confuse Ryan Benoit with his uncle Chris Benoit, that is which is not, not his right? uncle Chris Benoit. He's not, yeah, he's not his uncle. We're not going to speak about Chris Benoit, right? <laughs> Listen, we are not on the WWE network. We can say whatever, whatever we want. But yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a good way to start the the fire the fight card. I would say. Now Ryan Both. Bennett, I've seen Ryan Bennett fight a couple times. He's ten and five at this point. I yeah. really feel like he could put it on him. Uh, he used to be a flyweight, and he's now moving up to bantamweight. So you can expect him to be the faster fighter. Interesting to see what he's what this fight's going to turn out to be like. Yeah, interesting. 
after that we have uh, Miranda Granger fighting against Amanda Lemos. Uh, Miranda is uh, has an undefeated record of seven and zero, which look impressive. We will see how well she will perform in this fight. I don't know why, but for some reason on mine it shows that Amanda Lemos is fighting Matt Schnell, which I, I don't <laughs> think the USC is putting on men versus women fight. So yeah, uh, that's it shows a picture of this little blonde girl, and then it says Matthew Schnell five and zero. Okay. This is crazy. Yeah, we don't really want to see that. I don't think that that's going to go down like that. Yeah. After this fight, we have Said Nurmagomedov against Raoni Barcelos. Said, I believe, if I'm not wrong, is the cousin of Habib Nurmagomedov, right? Yes. His cousin. Which is the man who lost that time and Conor McGregor started talking shit about him? I don't think it was Said. I believe it was uh, one of his other cousins. No, so there are so many. Yeah, there's so many, especially when you really look at the Dagestan, especially over in Dagestani. If you look at those yeah. fighters, every other name is Nurmagomedov. Yeah, which is crazy. So this is a good fight. I think uh, we have one. Saeed is uh, thirteen. Uh, had 13, 13 win and one loss. The other one had fourteen and fourteen win and one loss. The MMA record kind of looks the same. So it's a, it's an interesting fight. If it, if it is a, a, how I believe it is, like it's a grappler against a jiu-jitsu guy, which I'm not sure. I'm just throwing shit right now. I think that would be a great, a good fight. Why you gotta throw shit? Now listen, I'm just saying because his name is Norma Gomero, so he's, he should be a grappler. Now I like these two decks, guys. In the flyweight division, Alejandro Pantaja is taking on Matt Schnell. This one's actually yeah. Matt Schnell. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, 14-4 Matt Schnell. Uh, big fan of him ever since he yeah. was on that MTV show back in the day. Uh, Pantoja was on Tough. I mean, you know how much I love the Ultimate Fighter. Huge fan yeah. of the Ultimate Fighter. One of the, you know, me and the three other guys in the world. No, no. Listen, uh, Tough is a was a great uh, show. It has so much great, so much great fighters coming out coming out from uh, from Tough. A lot of talent. L like the current welterweight champion, Kamar Usman won yeah. his season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. So that's how you know. Let's not talk trash about Tough because he gave us some of, some of the greatest moments in the UFC. No, for sure. In the lightweight division. You're going to say his name. Um, yeah. Omar Antonio Moraes Ferrer. Definitely lose two of those because it's too much. Yes. It's too much. Have the four of them, it's too much. Against Dong Hyun Ma, which is, I believe, Omar uh, have an undefeated record of 8-0. Omar Dong Hyun Ma. Didn't he, he was on the Contender Series, correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe he won his fight through the Contender Series. Uh, I remember the fight. He's an older fighter. And I remember Dana was like, age doesn't matter for this one. We're still bringing you in. You're 8-0. Let's get this thing started. Yeah, age is just a number. When you see DC and you wear Romero, definitely age is just a number. Yes. Like, definitely. Now, I'm very high on the one of these next guys, uh, Suman. I'm going to let you say his last name because I'm going to butcher Suman Mokhtarian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Against Song, against Song Wu Choi. Yeah, Suman, uh, great grappling, has a striking to back it up. 
he kind of reminds me a little bit of Volkanovski. Yeah, I agree with you. As I saw, I saw some fights. You know, I don't remember when, but I remember searching about him. And yeah, I agree with you. He's a I good fighter. I remember when he was fighting Sadiq Youssef. I, I really paid attention to that fight. I believe it was in Canada. Uh, it was when Cyborg fought Felice Spencer. But, yeah. But uh, Youssef is, was, he's huge for that division. Yeah. And he really yeah. put it on him. He finished him. But that's his only loss. And, and yeah. I mean, you really look at it, Sadiq Youssef is probably going to beat a lot of people in that division. Yeah, we will see. This is a good fight. We have a lot we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Asian fighters in this fight car. Yeah, it's usually how it works out. They try to uh, promote them out there just because it makes more sense. It's easier for their families to get to these fights, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe so. the maybe some problem, you know, some pay, pa, pa, visa pa, problem and passports for other fighters that can come can't go to to those to those countries to Asia, you know. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's be for real. Some fighters don't want to take that fucking 16 hour plane ride. Yeah, and you know, if you want to fight against a Korean in Korea, when you know if the fight go to the judges, you definitely will lose. So yeah, not a lot of people likes to fight in countries where, uh, you know, you you know what I mean. No, for sure. Now, this last heavyweight fight in the prelims, super, super excited about Cyril Gain. That dude, yeah. he's one of your countrymen, you know, a proud, proud Frenchman. And uh, I, he just loves his country like you do. And I just really appreciate that. Yeah, he loves he love France as much as I love Algeria. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Yeah, he's, you know, he looked good in his, uh, I think this is the, his second UFC fight, if I'm not wrong. Maybe uh, his third. I believe it's his third UFC fight. Yeah, maybe his third. Yeah, he looked good in his in in both his fights in the UFC. I remember him. He submitted so, Dante Mays. Yeah, looked really and, good. And we need some fresh blood in this division. Like uh, I, I will root for him just to have some fresh names in this division. And Tanner Bozer is no joke either. The dude has been on this show before. He's traveled yeah. all over the world to fight. Uh, it'll yeah. be exciting to see what Searle can do against somebody like that. Yeah, I agree with you. So this is the last fight in this in the, the prelims, right? Yes, and then we move over to the main card of the fights. This main card is like most ESPN Plus main cards. Uh, there's six fights. No, I lied. Yeah, no, there's six fights. Okay. No, cool. there's six fights. Yeah, yeah. six fights. Uh, now, who we got starting off the Bantamweight division, Waleed? So, we have Kyung Ho Kang fighting against Pingyan Yu. Listen, those names are, are killing me, but I'm killing it saying them. <laughs> I would say it. Nobody can do it better than me. That's why we got you. Here, no, brother. not even Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer who? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> now, Pingyan Lee. 13 and 6. Uh, he's a young, young fighter. He's only 26 years old. He lost his last fight against uh, Jonathan Martinez, and he looked good uh, before then. I'm excited yeah. to see, you know, what these fighters could do. I, I believe, like, just like we have Africa right now, we're going to see an Asian breakout soon. And it's going to be the uh, a lot of Asian countries, Japanese fighters, you know, Chinese fighters like yeah. Ping Young. 
I, I really feel like we're going to see that ascension really here. We're getting the African wave right now. Yeah. We've had the Brazilian wave. We had the American wave. We had the Russian I, wave. I really, really believe that we're going to have an Asian wave here soon. We have, we already have an Asian, uh, a Chinese champion right now in the yes. strawweight division. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, and Whaley is a really good representation of China and that country. You know what I mean? It's just... I'm really happy that they have a champion like that, that it's somebody that they can all look up to. And it's somebody who could honestly really hold that title for a long time. If she go on and beat uh, Joanna Jacek, her title reign will be legit because I feel that people are not really, you know, getting 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 her, you know, some respect because she won against Jessica Andrade. But, you know, the two strawweight Fighters that everybody loves are uh, Joanna Juncic and uh, Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Do you think Rose makes a, an attempt to come back and take that title off Whaley Zing? She, she said that she wants to come back. I believe she said it uh, on the Ariel Hawani show a couple of weeks ago. She even started crying. I remember during the interview. But yeah, she she's pumped and she's and she she wants to come back and you know we we wish her all the best. 100%. Who do we got up next in the middleweight division? We have John Young Park against Marc-Andre Barriolt. If I'm not wrong. Yeah, Barriolt. And this is a fight at which weight class? Uh, it's a middleweight. Um, yeah, it's a middleweight. Marc-Andre Bullard is a French-Canadian fighter. Park Jong Jang, I believe he's from China. No, Korea, jo right? Jo no, John Young Park, yeah. I believe he's from Korea, yeah. Yeah, Parks are usually Koreans. I'm not being racist, it's how it is. <laughs> no, 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 you're right, because when I watch uh, football, a lot of uh, soccer in your country, yeah, he's from South Korea. One of the greatest uh, soccer players from these countries uh, named uh, Park, so yeah, you're not wrong. Now, in the light heavyweight division, our guy, Imrod, Mike Rodriguez, is taking on yeah. Jung Da Yu. Now, Jung is also another Korean fighter. He's 26 years old. He's a young kid. He's looked really good. He, he, he got a quick submission in his last fight. Um, interesting to see what he can do some, against somebody like Mike Rodriguez. Mike is very long. He uses his reach very well. Yeah. He's not afraid to throw a flying knee or two. Yeah. His losses in the UFC came uh, are decisions losses but you know all his wins his win in the ufc was a tko win like you said uh, he he's not afraid of throwing knees like he, he used it in that in that finish but yeah this is a good fight mike rodriguez uh, we had it on this uh, on this show what did what did he tell you about this fight is he ready what did he tell you he's super excited he's uh completely blessed to be in south korea he never expected to ever fight in South Korea. So just being there is a blessing. Yeah. Uh, to be able to experience the culture and how those fans are, it was just another thing for him that he enjoyed. But he's super yeah. excited. He says uh, he knows that his f f opponent is younger. It'd probably be a little more aggressive, but he plans yeah. on exploiting that. We well, guess we will see. Guess we will see, brother. No, definitely. Oh, I so after that, we have Du Ho Choi, one of maybe the well, most well-known fighters from this country, against Charles Jourdain. 
I feel like outside so, of him taking that time off to go back to home to yeah. serve in the military, I feel like he would be a much bigger name in the UFC. If you remember, he fought Cub Swanson to an amazing battle at one fight yeah. a year, I believe. And uh, you know that every time Choi steps in there, he's going to put it all on the line. Yeah, he, listen, he had the potential to be champion. It's just that those divisions are really stacked. Like, in other... In all, if he was in Bellator or, I don't know, in one championship, I think that it's not even a question. The man can be champion, maybe be a champion, but those divi- the, in the UFC, those divisions are full of straight killers, you know? Especially featherweight. I mean, look at it's how not- long Max held that title and the big reign that he went on. It yeah. took somebody who was a former 200-pound rugby player to beat him. And one night off, one night that you are not at 100%, you lose your belt. You lose it, no doubt about it. And he lost against, you know. And let's talk about this fight. Duho Troy. Duho Troy is a great fighter. I believe he had some great fights in the UFC. I'm, I'm really excited to see him fight. So do you think that he gets the win uh, that night? I believe so. I believe uh, it's enough for the Korean super kid to do what he's got to do. I like Charles Dordain. I just don't feel like he brings enough tools to the table like Choi. I mean, like, yeah. Choi is for sure a well-rounded mixed martial arts fighter. Yeah, I agree with you. And he's only 28 years old. He's still getting... He's still he ha- He's at the beginning of his athletic prime. Yeah, he's still young. He's still young. He's still... Get, you know, there's not a lot of holes in his uh, game plan, but I think that's... Uh, yeah, I think he will get there. Maybe, maybe get to, you know, it's not too late for him to fight for a belt. No, I don't think so. I think, I yeah. Think give him one solid year of fights, and we could easily see him in the featherweight title picture. No doubt about it. In the co main event, I know how to say these names. <laughs> Alex Rokic is taking on Vulcan Uzdemir. Now, I am high on Rokic. I think that he could very easily. Give John Jones or whoever the light heavyweight champion is in a year some trouble. Yeah. I think that this was a bad fight for Vulcan Ozdemir. Vulcan Ozdemir loses to guys like this every single time. Every single yeah. time. Every time Vulcan Ozdemir goes against a big power striker who can also throw leg kicks, who can also grapple, he always loses. I feel like this is going to be no difference. Alexander Rokic is going to win this fight. He's going to put a big explanation point on his victory, and he is going to tell the light heavyweight division that he is here and he is going to be a problem. Listen, I'm, I, I'm, I would not give my, you know, a prediction, but I would say this. Volkan Ozdemir lost three fights on a row. It was a really bad, you know, bad period for him. He lost three fights. DC, I believe, broke him. But now he's back on the win column. He got that W against uh, Latifi. And who knows? Maybe it's a different fighter. Maybe he learned from those mistakes you're talking about, you know? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure that uh, it would be an easy fight for both of them. I think that uh, Rakic is a tremendous fighter. Volkanovski is uh, uh, Ozemir, I'm sorry. Ozemir is also a tremendous fighter. So I believe this is going to be a great fight. Whoever will, will win, I believe, uh, you know, will not deserve a title fight. But, you know, he will be, his name will be there. 
Now, in the main event, the Korean Zombie is coming back home to Korea to showcase his talents against none other than the answer, Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar. What a hell of a fight. This fight was originally supposed to take place at the big anniversary show in Denver last year. Yeah. It didn't happen. Frankie Edgar got injured. Uh, Yaya Rodriguez stepped in. You, you know, We all know what happened. The yeah. Korean Zombie is probably one of the most dangerous fighters because... On any given night, he can knock out anybody in the featherweight division. He can. I agree with you. And this fight is huge for him. Main eventing this uh, fight card in his country, you know. I believe that he. I believe he will present well his country. I believe that he will deliver. I will not say that he will win or lose. I. I really hope that he just, you know. You have the chance to really Listen, prove if it goes how, to a how, decision, how great fighter is. If yeah. it goes to a decision and Frankie rides him for five rounds, they're still going to give it to him. I agree with you. I agree with you about this one, but I'm not sure that this fight is going to to decision. I believe Frankie maybe may get the finish, or maybe the Korean Zombie will get the finish. But I'm not. I'm not seeing this fight going to decision. All I know is I'm excited for this fight. It's finally happening. We've had it teased for about almost a year now. So super yeah. excited that it's finally coming to fruition. Uh, anything else on UFC Busan? Uh, not really. I believe that uh, those cards right now, people may think that they are, I would say, I'm not say weak, but you know what I mean. Not a lot of huge stars in it. But I would say that maybe... Maybe there are future stars in this card, and you need to watch. That's why you need to watch it. No, definitely. Uh, last minute, anything? That's about it. Wraps it up. That's about excellent. Now, like I stated before earlier in the show, we have Alexander Hernandez on this show. We previously recorded this interview, so me and Alex are going to talk about you know the fights that happened on Saturday, as if they haven't happened yet, because we literally talked right before they happened. So okay. uh, you, you guys are going to hear some good interview, though. He talks a lot about, you know, his return, what he would like to see in his return, who he would like to see, and uh, also just, you know, everything that's been going on in his life. So uh, we'll have uh, Alexander Hernandez on here in a little bit. We're also talking about his trip to Afghanistan to see the troops. Huge trip that him and other pro fighters went on. So we'll get into that. But uh, give us a second. We'll have Alexander Hernandez on. As always, you guys are listening to Native MMA Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is one of the best lightweights in the UFC at this time, Alexander the Great Hernandez. Alex, how you doing, brother? Good, bro. How are you? I'm doing very good, man. You've uh, been on the shelf for a little bit with your surgery. Tell me, how has rehab been going? Man, rehab's well. Um, you know, like I was just saying, I'm, I'm, pro I'm pretty close to 100% right now. I'm probably about mid-80s, you know, and... Uh, I was kind of ambitiously shooting for early in the year, and then I realized I started kind of putting too much anxiety on myself trying to beat the arm and, and get ready for camp. So um, uh, probably February, March time, and, and maybe March more realistically with who's available and what's going on. So I'm, I'm shooting for that London card. What names would you like? Uh, <clears throat> I like Quintus, kind of who I'm looking at right now. I was, so I was trying to get that Pettis fight, and I felt like he took a cop out on the – Diego yes. option January, and because um, that was a fight that they dangled in, dangled in my face for December this year, but December was there's no way that was feasible with, with the arm. Like, it was impossible to do that. So, um, you know, I was trying to make it happen early next year, but I don't know. He, I guess he just took a different fight. Um, and I know Al's over 
you know, he, he's, he's number nine, I think, or at least he's cracked the top ten. So uh, that's kind of like the guy who's on my on my sides most, I'd say. Nice, nice. That'd be a great matchup, too. I feel like you hold a great advantage over him, especially when it comes to striking. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I, I don't really know anywhere that he would be. Um, you know, again, he's got he's got great experience factor. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, being so young in your UFC career, too, I, I like to talk to you about that. How has it been for you, seeing as you just kind of, you know, everything's kind of happened so fast. It's been a little over a year now that yeah. we've had the last fight, or the Cowboy fight, sorry, that was probably the biggest fight of your career. Right. And then you went back home and fought in San Antonio. Tell me, you know, as a young man in this game, how have you kind of coped with it at all? Yeah, man, I mean, this last year, I feel like grown-ass man after this last year in the cage, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. between fighting uh, Trinaldo and Cerrone, just two, uh, you know, really, really, really top-level prestigious uh, veterans. Uh, who have more accumulated fights than probably any other fucking two guys in the goddamn you know organization? Uh, finding those two guys uh, like a slingshot at my experience trajectory, I'd say, big time. So like uh, after digesting that, learning from those, I feel like before I wasn't ready mentally for that kind of like top ten, and now now I am. Now I can like picture myself with the top five things like that. Whereas before. Not for lack of skill, but just mentally, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that yet. Cerrone was a big fight early, and uh, and I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. So now now I am. Do you feel like it kind of almost opened your eyes a little more to make you a little more prepared now for the next one? Yeah, for sure, man. And like you know, like anything else, you know, I always say it's it's me versus me featuring whoever the fuck else in there. So so really, it's just trying to understand myself better in, in the octagon and like find that find that fucking happy place in there dude because you know it's such a it's such a tumultuous like nerve rattling arena and then you know you've got to kind of find the 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 tranquility in it also like having those fights going back to the drawing board working some things meeting new people training with some new bodies all these things kind of help help me feel like i've just evolved and really grown like legs above where i was you know at the start of this year i've only fought twice this year but they're just such such big fights that it's like you know, it feels like more. The learning experience has been a lot more, definitely, compared to the last ones, you would say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time. Now, we haven't spoke uh, on air, at least, since your fight in San Antonio. Tell me, what was that like for you, to fight in your hometown, have that crowd behind you? Man, that was, that was like nothing else, dude. That was fucking, uh, yeah, that was one of the most surreal experiences. You know, AT&T Center, which is like the dome over there, you know, and uh, Spurs won a lot of championships out of that. Uh, and I've always been there since a kid, and having that entire arena light up for me and, and chant and everything, I mean, it, dude. We're ready to go. Yeah, so uh, just p- picking off from where we were at, uh, that San Antonio fight was uh, it was electrifying. It's definitely the coolest experience I've ever had. Um, you know, aside from that initial debut knockout, that was a pretty surreal feeling, also. But being your hometown, having the people chant your name, that's I mean, that's something that like. I don't know. The movies are written for, so it was, it was definitely a cool, cool, cool moment. No, for sure. Uh, who was? It was your idea all along. To, you wanted to be on that San Antonio card, right? Yeah. So I mean, that was kind of. So what was it? It was a big Canada card going on. I think. Yeah, we had spoke about that Canada card, and you guys were originally supposed to be on that pay per view, correct? Yeah. So so 
I was supposed to be on that one, and then I mean, there's even I'm trying to remember what other car there was. I think maybe there's an Anaheim. There's 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 like two, three cards, and San Antonio was actually the bottom of the list on on what I was projected to be on. Um, but then they they realized that San Antonio card didn't have any weight on it, and if I was going to be on the main card, one of those pay per views, and I didn't, you know, I'd rather be on the main one of San Antonio. So they um, they end up shifting me over, and they put. Uh, Dos Anjos on that card, and you know they they really stacked it out pretty nice, and so uh, yeah, it turned out being a good card, and it definitely worked out for the best. I'm glad, I'm glad I got that one under the belt. How was the crowd turnout that night? Like, do you, do you think the UFC is going to San Antonio full, again? Yeah, I think it was like a full stadium, man. It was it was like um, I don't know how many the AT&T Center fits. It's a fat fucking stadium. Yeah, it's, it's got yeah, at least thirty thousand. Yeah, dude, and we filled it out. So I mean, it was it was a really good crowd. I went there on the first one. Um, I think it was like five years ago when they first came to San Antonio, and it wasn't nearly that electric. Like it was, it was a good time. It was cool, but like this was fucking insane. That's because they, they didn't have the great. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they didn't they had their own dude. So so yeah, ha- having your own represent on the home soil is definitely yeah carries some magnitude. Now, I know there's some big pay-per-views coming up. There's one in March in Vegas. Uh, you haven't fought there since your debut. And mm-hmm. then there's another one right after that in New York. Are those two cities that you're interested in fighting in again? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, both. both. Uh, Vegas would be cool. Vegas is so simple and nice, you know. Such an right. easy, good time to get over there and you get the PI over there. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to go to Vegas next, but... Uh, there's that that London card in, uh, in person in March. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. And uh, yeah, hit, hit up one of those uh, fucking sixty four games in the back, boy. Yeah, yeah you're you right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a whole session, man. Have a whole session. There's some exactly. other things legal in Vegas too that aren't here. It'd be perfect. Perfect. Um, uh, London, yeah, London's in March also, and so I'd rather not go all the way over there. But it, that that'd be a lot of fun too. I'd probably even, I mean, I'd probably train at Team Cabon for a bit. You fought out of the country, but not quite overseas. Uh, it, I mean, is that something that you're kind of interested in, though? At least getting in at least once. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. At some point, I'd be down to do it. Definitely not against it. I mean, London's easy. I don't, I don't really want to go. Like, I'm not trying to do any of those fucking Australia, Dubai, or, or the like the Abu Dhabi fight. Like, like any any of these like Middle Eastern, Asian countries. Um, anything like that that's like a full day's worth of traveling even Brazil I'm not I wouldn't be like excited to do you know I think I think London's really as far as I'd care to skip that rock you know that's like a seven day hour or a flight but but there's a lot of amenities there that make it easy you spent some time out there in London with Darren Till correct yeah yeah that was a I mean that dude's that dude's the man out there he swings a long dick in Liverpool for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure tell me what was that like with you guys hanging out uh, it was cool, man. It was awesome. Yeah, he, like I said, he's a really cool dude. Um, and he, he pretty much holds that city down. So he, he gave me a little tour and, and whipped around the rover. And uh, he put he puts his whole team on. So I mean, it's it was every every bit every bit as much like as a fan and a friend. You know, is there every bit as much of a, the, the guy I wanted to you know to be? And he he was uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a really cool dude. Real cool dude. Now, you just actually got back from a trip overseas. You spent some time with the troops. Uh, tell me how that was all brought that together. Uh, yeah, that was my that was my manager, um, Jason House. I, I got out of surgery with my One shoulder, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I got out of uh, shoulder surgery, and he was just like, um, uh, hey, dude, we just had a guy fall through. Um, 
troop of or a group of guys and girl Carla going to the Middle East for two weeks. Um, what, what was it? End of, end of November. He's like, you're probably still going to be nursing, because you, like, no, I mean, it's always like, well, I'm, I'm trying just to just be in camp mode all the time. So he's like, I mean, you're not going to have that shoulder 100. percent It'll be a good trip, be a good experience. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's good timing with the arm. So uh, I was excited to get the opportunity to do it. Jumped on it and um, and I spent Thanksgiving over there, which was really cool. It was a great. I mean, it was literally a, a really really profound experience. Just. Uh, the people I was with were badass. Got a lot of intel, a lot yeah, of information, you were like insight. Uh, Vince Pichel. Yeah, Carla Vince Pichel, Louis Smoka, Carlos Sparza, and uh, fucking War Rhino. So from uh, Bellator. So nice. it was a uh, uh, it was a good blend and like good good weights. We were all kind of around the same weights. We were able to play around in between, you know, the troop sessions and things. Get some movement, get some looks. Uh, picked up some some tricks from Vince for sure and Louis. I mean, and Carla. I mean, everybody. So. Uh, it was, it was a really good personal experience. Just on that note, like on the inside crew, on the outside, you know, with the troops and everything, learned a lot about the military rankings, the hierarchy, and and like just our relationships, and like all the business dealings that happen behind the scenes and fucking wars and all this shit, man. Like really a lot about the Middle East culture also, which is badass. And like we were in Africa. I don't know when the fuck I'll ever go to Djibouti. I would never go to Djibouti, Africa. So it's like going out there was cool, and uh, and seeing seeing just that side, but. Probably probably one and done for me. Yeah, <laughs> on, what on was that, that plane ride like? I'm going going to that that side of the world. Uh, I mean, it's just upside down, man. It's just completely upside down. That um, sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's hot. There's big ass flies, and like as far as a lot of the Middle East cultures, it's just it's just literally like the inverse of what we do over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just kind of it's kind of wild. So, um, but I mean, respect to though, I, I did learn a lot, and there's like. It's not all as stringent as like we make it out to be. There's just definitely parts where they're pretty. I don't know, like they're not loose, but they're they're definitely a little bit more. You know, just, they're definitely more affable and they're they're more open to like just kind of hanging out, being social with with us. You know, with anybody because some places like you go to, it's like oh, they don't like we we here. <laughs> like we're not. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not the right shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are far away from fucking Kansas, so. Yeah, it uh, is cool. Yeah, but yeah, dude, these fights tonight, though, man, I'm fucking. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Did you cover the mic? Oh my bad. Yeah, no, there we go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm stoked though. I got, um, I got Yang. I want to see all those show up. I don't, know, I don't know how it'll be, but I want to see all this show up. I feel like Ryan's if he throws leg kicks, we might see a completely new monster. If we yeah, don't he, see just the leg kicks. he doesn't really do that anymore, man. It's like, why? I, it, he, like, stopped doing that a while back, and I'm not sure. It's got to be something. It's got to be an injury reason. Yeah, some kind of physical thing that happened because uh, he just stopped fighting yeah. with leg kicks, which was kind of, like, That stronger. was his bread and butter. I mean, that's what got him. His bread and butter, and he just stopped. He just stopped. Yeah, he started, like, where he throw, like, I don't know, 15, 10 to 15 around, he started one, like every two rounds. You know, I mean, it was just like, I don't know, just something changed for him. So hopefully, hopefully he shows out. Um, who the fuck else is there? Oh, yeah, Nunez. Got Nunez, of course. She's a beast. I got Holloway. And I got, I got fucking um, Covington over Usman, really? too. How, yeah, do, you, how be, do you see that going now? That's going to be a race war, dude. <laughs> you know, like that's, a, that's what <laughs> sucks sure. about that whole thing is that's like a fucking race war. And yeah, like, 100%. And I bet you like Uzman probably is carrying more stress of that, like just like 
this like idea of like you got the weight of the world on black pride in history just because of kind of like the fake not really who he is colby not really who he is but just like the image that he's carrying persona. yeah yeah that, yeah that, that, that persona that's like uh, it's not anti-anything, but people will interpret it as that. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, sure. People are yeah, going to twist so, it however they want to make right, it to make the right. headline so, like, better. Uz yeah, I think Usman's carrying more weight of like, I mean, and, and be just be like, just kind of self-inducing and also just be probably, I mean, he's probably got people all over him like, as like this, like, he's going to be like, the matador that takes this guy out you know what sure. i mean like for, for 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 all the you know for all the for all the africans for every you know what i mean like like take take this fucking every piece of shit single out. immigrant that's, that's ever so I, I feel like I, yeah i feel i feel like he might have more weight going into that fight than colby does and then also kind of, historically we've always said that it's you know you can win a belt but can you defend it yeah this yeah, is yeah. His first title defense so he's got that right. weight also on him yeah, and, and who's who's fucking? I mean, he's legit, dude. He's 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 really tough. He's a big, strong, tough dude. Uh, but I think Kobe's arsenal is just fucking relentless, and he's gonna do what Usman does at a higher volume, I think, and that's gonna pay out. That's how I see that going. You know, he's just see, like I have to disagree like, with you on that one point. Okay. Because what you got? I think the polar opposite. I think Usman is going to do what Colby does best better. Okay, but, but I mean, so how do you see that match up? Because Usman's Usman's more of like a, a slower stalker, kind of picks those big shots. He doesn't. He doesn't stop. Backy. I, I see more of him trying to put Colby on his back foot instead of Colby pushing the pace. I feel like he's going to try to make him uncomfortable and make him not fight his own game. I mean, they're going to go in there with the exact same plan of exactly. like taking that center and pressing. So it's just who's going to, but the way, like, again, like the way Colby took that, that stride out of like Robbie's step, you know, he took complete control yeah, of it. The entire time the I was just like waiting for Robbie to get started. Do something. It, it was kind of weird that yeah, you almost wonder if he was a little off that night or not. I, yeah. I don't know. It, he definitely didn't look like himself. But I mean, when you have somebody across from you that's dismantling, it's it's hard to. It's yeah, I'd say the same thing. Base. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same thing. Like when McGregor was coming up, I'm like, oh, I think that guy's just having a bad day. Oh, that guy said it's like how many guys can have a bad day? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, but there, yeah, there's something yeah. about there's something about that guy across from you that's shutting shit down. You know? No, for sure. So. I, I don't, it, it's gonna be man. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great set of fights. And I, I hope, however, however that main card goes, that like the, the aftermath isn't sloppy and a mess. And, and you know, it's, it's just not personal. You know, there's not like all this race shit that goes into yes. it or anything like that. that no matter either how side, the outcome, yeah, they just shake their hands. Right, right. Like, like no matter Kobe wins or Usman wins, it's like there's not just like yeah, there's not fucking race wars going on in the arena, you know. So just just some crazy shit like that. But I really thought that's what was gonna happen when Khabib and Connor went at it. I thought it was gonna be yeah. like a bunch of Irish or Middle Eastern. It was gonna be crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was yeah, that was that was that was like yeah, that was pretty. That was insane. real as far as the intensity. Yeah. 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 I don't think, I, I don't yeah. think we'll ever see anything like that quite again, especially at the T-Mobile arena. I think they're extra cautious about situations like that. Now, anything happens yeah. like uh, any kind of like a bar drops. There's like 10 security guards drop around. Like what's oh, going yeah. on? Like, you know, right. 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 People are like, yeah, on their toes now, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, like a shooting happened there or something, you know, it's like, boom, everybody's on watch. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Well, shit, man, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, you got you got the same. You got uh, Young uh, and uh, Yon. Uh, I want to. I like Chase. Yon, not Yon. 
uh, he's fighting Daniel Tamer. Uh, okay. I'm super excited to see Jan. I really think that he's like the next big thing in that division. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I feel like sure. Uriah kind of got lucky in his last fight. Not that he couldn't have won, but the way mm-hmm. he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch, like catching, the, catching yeah. Simone like that. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, because like Ricky really brought to him in a great way, and, and yeah, and Uriah just caught him. Yeah, uh, if they win again, it wouldn't do that. It wouldn't do the same. No, no, and 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 really. That's such a fucking extraordinary jump in competition. Yes. Going from Ricky Simone, who's a tough prospect, but young up-and-comer. You know, he's, he's a young kid who's got same, same shit like me, dude. He's, 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 got, he's got the goods, but he doesn't have the experience yet. So now he's, now he's putting that together. And you go from that kid who's, like, figuring his way out and had to take a huge step up in competition, the sense of experience, fighting Faber. Yes. And then you're going to go from that to a guy who's literally – number one title contender easily you know who's got that experience who's got the goods who's, and who's Yon ready who's fight ready Algerman to fight sterling yeah oh yeah they, they haven't already fought i don't think so uh at least not recently okay yeah no fucking um i i think i think that step in competition is just like gonna be way too extreme too quick for uriah uh going from Going from like again a hungry kid who's who's still finding his footing to fucking Jan who's got the footing and he's ready for a title. What so he's you? just gonna literally, I think he's gonna blow your eye out and then it's probably gonna be the easiest fucking layup he could have to a title shot, you know? Yeah. And then, no disrespect, you're right. Jan's just fucking legit. <laughs> well, uh, Uriah and Jan had a face-off yesterday. The UFC posted it. Cody Nolub decided to comment on the UFC's post. He was like, go get that motherfucker or some shit like that. And Jan replied. He was like, you can get it next, two chins. He was like, you have no chin. I'll take you out. And then he was Damn. like, right, keep talking, motherfucker. I'm going to slap you tomorrow. <laughs> Damn, I love that. I would love, to see, I would love to see Garbrandt come back, man. Like, that dude's a, you know, he's a fucking truth. And, and he's... Again, it's just that it's that mental warfare, and then find the right fight at the right time. You know, exactly. He's definitely like Garbrandt. Garbrandt's got the goods. He's just gotta. He's just. He's just gotta. You know, fucking apply that shit. But uh, I think. Uh, I think if he just gets his stride back under him, dude. He's. I mean, he, he's. He's a guy that should have the belt or be right there. You know, he's fucking sure. amazing. So. Yeah. Now yeah. I know you're still recovering, but uh, have you been able to help your uh, teammate Alex Cooper prepare for Lance at all? Man, uh, being so between the shoulder and then going overseas, it is rough. He was at, he was at the gym when I was gone, um, and, and I'm not going to be able to I'm not going to be able to connect with him before he gets gets going in there. But my my coaches worked with him. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah. The shoulder. I mean, going going on that trip that was the most I've rolled since the surgery. So like, really that 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 that, that trip kind of put me to the test. And then coming back, I've just had like the fucking eye of the tiger. And I've been hitting it pretty hard. Um, but that, uh, but yeah, that just just the whole shoulder mess kind of screwed me up. I'm, I really can't be much away knees in the last three four weeks beforehand. Um, so so, but we we had the coaches put their hands on him and work. And man, if there's anybody who's gonna pull out some shit like that, it's him. Yeah. He he really is the guy that's like, oh, you're gonna give me three times, <laughs> and then like, he he finds ways to win. That's like what he does, and then. He, he would just be the guy to pull something like that off. Like, you lose to a guy twice, you get to fight him for the biggest prize on third time. Like, Gilpin, since we've been kids, has always been the kid who wins that shit. Like, seriously, he just 
there's somebody who can do it. You can do it. <laughs> like, great against Andre Harrison in the finals. I seen it. I was there. Uh, I honestly, if anyone's going to beat Lance currently in the PFL, it's going to be him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I hope he's stringing together the right things, take, taking notes because it's a pretty one dimensional fight. You just got to yes. be able to break it. The problem is that they both fight very similar and Lance, uh, the last fight they fought the same. Lance just fought that fight better. So he's got to, he's got to break that dimension and, and, come at him with some new looks and and really if he just has a few responses to a couple things like he'll offset a lot of that attack because Lance, Lance he just does a few things it's like if we just had a few better responses to like very like specific like situation one here's the answer okay let's practice that answer whole whole fucking round changes situation two here's the answer like just things like that i i think i think implementing those he'll he'll he'll, he'll look good he'll be good no, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're for sure looking March, right, for a return for you. I mean, we're for sure looking March. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that thing's who knows. I mean, it might be sooner, but I'm not. I'm not going later than March. You know, you're not rushing back in there though. Uh, I was, and now I'm not because then I started feeling way too much anxiety about the shoulder and camp, and I wasn't like. Then I was pushing the recovery too much, and it was like, dude, you're gonna fucking, you're gonna fuck this up. And for yeah. what? Like, you, yeah. you don't need to. Yeah, you can get I, just I, no, the biggest matchup in March. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a huge match, and it, it just needs to be. I need to be right. I don't need to be rushed. So, that's that's, that's where I'm at. Excellent, yeah, man. brother. Well, I can't cool. wait to see you back in the octagon, man. I'm gonna let you go, but before I let you go, I want to give you a quick shout or a quick chance to shout out your sponsors, teammates, yeah, yeah, yeah. loved one, anyone that's helped you along your MMA journey. Yeah, man. Uh, always catch me at the Great 155. Check out the Gym Ohana Academy Northeast. Uh, sponsors you can order online. Sunrays. Uh, Juice, they're a food meal prep company. They're fucking badass. They're a local one. Um, Trying Strength and Conditioning, Jason Yarrington, Ohana Fight, John O'Rourke, all the, all the usual suspects, man. But thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on again, man. Of course, brother. Can't wait to. And for the people that might have missed that social media tag, what was it again? Uh, first one of the. I mean, I just went on a fucking rant. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> at the Great 155. Check out my gym at Ohana Academy Northeast, man. Those are the two. There you yeah. go. Thank you so much for uh, coming on today and joining with us. I can't wait to see you back in the octagon. I can't wait to continue this friendship of ours. For sure, brother. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Catch up after these fights, man. Definitely. <laughs> All right, later. Well, heads, that about wraps it up for episode 51 of Native MMA Radio. I would like to thank all three of our guests. Special big shout-out to the two who are doing their fight week. Cass Bell is currently in Hawaii right now preparing for his fight tomorrow night. And then also... We have Mike Rodriguez, who is preparing for his fight in South Korea. So thank you to both of those two gentlemen for coming. Super awesome that they were able to come and uh, spend their fight weeks with us. Alexander Hernandez, big shout out to him, as always. A friend of the show. I'm going to continue to have this good friendship with him. And uh, just can't wait to see what the future has in store for him. He said a March return, so I can't wait. Hopefully, uh, maybe it's that March pay-per-view. We'll be able to do this face-to-face for you, knuckleheads. Oh, great. Excellent. Uh, anything about this weekend's fights that you would like to say before we go? Listen, for, it's uh, if I'm not wrong, the last card of this year. Yes, sir. I believe, uh, uh, you know what? Some people may say it's not a great card. Some people may say it's a good card. Whatever. For me, it's the last card of this year. I will enjoy it. I believe there's a, there's a lot of potential great fights in this card. And uh, yeah, just enjoy it and, you know, and enjoy your family because it's the, it's this, it's the season. 
No, 100%. But if, you know, you guys don't want to wake up early and watch that UFC fight live, there's other great fights that night. Titan FC is putting on a show. Muhammad Usman, uh, Kamar Usman's younger bro- or older brother, sorry, is going to be yeah. on that card. Um, we also have Bellator this weekend. Bellator is going to be in Hawaii. Uh, Illumile McFarlane is defending her title. Derek Campos is taking on AJ McKee in the second round of the featherweight tournaments. So, I mean, there's some great fights out there, you guys. If you're a fan of fights, this is definitely a time to be a fan. Friday, we have Bellator fights. Saturday, we have Bellator fights. Saturday morning, we have UFC fights. Saturday evening, we also have Titan FC fights. So, uh, it'll be an interesting time. Can't wait to see what's going on. Do you have a prediction for that AJ McKee-Derek Campos fight? Uh, I was very impressed by AJ McKee's performances. So, I would say maybe AJ McKee. Listen. When I seen that he originally got paired up with Georgie, I was like, okay, bad matchup for Georgie. But he'll be able to do some spots and make himself look good. He probably won't win the fight, but it won't be a complete one-sided performance. And then AJ McKee goes in there and knocks him out in 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the kid's special. He could really win this entire tournament. He's talked about his seven zeros that he's going to have at the end of this tournament. There's going to be six at his paycheck, and there's going to be one zero at the end of his record. Because he's going to be completely undefeated. He's going to be a millionaire and he's going to hold that Bellator featherweight title. But if our good friend Pedro Cavallo has anything to say about it, he will be the man who will be holding the featherweight title next. And he will be the man who is facing AJ McKee in the finals of the Bellator featherweight tournament if they all have their way which I can't wait because I think Pedro Cavallo as the Bellator featherweight champion versus AJ McKee for the Bellator featherweight Grand Prix finale plus a million dollars. Can't get any better than that. Super excited. Bellator puts on a hell of a show. Titan FC puts on a hell of a show. You guys already know the UFC is the biggest juggernaut of them all. Great weekend of fights. UFC 245 was arguably probably one of the better pay-per-views of the year. Uh, I was in love with the title fight. Look at the out. You don't got to look at the outcome. Just look at the fight itself. And it was a great fight. Uh, as a Kamar Usman fan, man, it was hard for me to sit down. And I was only able to sit down like in between rounds. Like I was standing the entire time. It was even Usman stressful. doesn't sit down between rounds. How dare you sit down between rounds? I'm not him, though. That dude's a fucking cardio <laughs> freak. <laughs> that dude is a cardio freak. Let me tell you what. Yeah, uh, any final words for episode 51 listen i'm uh excited about this about this card but i'm more excited about 2020 we have we will have uh, the return of conor mcgregor we'll have some great fights they are already scheduled like habib against tony like uh can't wait for 2020 to come yeah we got yoel going against izzy we have till versus jack hermanson that was just left and if you're a fan of the PFL, well, guess what? The Red Emperor is heading your way. Rory McDonald yeah, is king. leaving. Well, at this point, he's not a king anymore. He's an emperor, all right? He's gone to many different sure. kingdoms. He's got an empire at this point. UFC, Bellator, PFL, the goddamn emperor. Yeah. Now He's going to PFL. What a news. I was shocked when you told me. Should I be a jackass and just completely spoil Star Wars for everybody right now? Nah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you guys. I took my son to see Star Wars on Wednesday night. Uh, I actually had to tell him, I was like, listen, bro, your friends aren't going to see Star Wars yet. 
Don't be the asshole that tells them what happens. Wait for them to see it. Don't spoil it for anybody because you're going to see it before everybody else. So uh, we went to go see it. It was a good time. If you are a Star Wars fan, go see the movie. It was great. Rory's in PFL. Till vs. Manson. Izzy vs. Romero. 2020 is going to be amazing. It will be amazing, brother. And as always, Waleed and I are going to be bringing you guys this great show Thank you guys for watching us, listening to us, however you guys get us through. We appreciate it. Um, I know, Waleed, i like to thank you for everything. that You've stepped up big at the end of this year and really continued to grow this show. So I appreciate that, brother. And like always, I can't wait for what 2020 has in store for us. No problem, brother. We will go on 2020 and try to get bigger and bigger. That's the plan. That's the plan, brother. All right, knuckleheads, that's it for episode 51. Waleed and I wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Probably get another episode out before the New Year, but uh, definitely not before Christmas. So you guys enjoy your holidays and uh, stay classy. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio.